Hey everyone, it's your friend to the end, Alex Vincent, Andy Barkley with Chucky himself. Uh, I wanted to introduce some friends of mine for their podcast, The Slumber Party Massacre. We have Lacey. Well, let's pay attention to the movie at hand here, guys. <laughs> we all know I'm good at, at hand. We have Rebecca. Go down on you in a theater. We have Heather. Well, I like to do other things in revert. And we have Carly. I've definitely had my titties fondled. With special guest, Nikki. It's a holiday spirit. <laughs> Get at me, J-Money. Uh, these girls are tremendous horror fans. It's quite a party over there. Uh, so you should definitely tune in. Chucky says don't miss it or he'll kill you. Invited to attend episode three of the Slumber Party Massacre. I am Lacey Lou, and holy fucking shit, is it already April? <laughs> Tonight with me, I have my lovely ladies, Rebecca Reinhardt. What's up, Rebecca? Hey, I always bring a gun to a graduation party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mrs. Heather Powell. That's like the most American thing you could have said, Rebecca. <laughs> Was great. It's like, it's like <laughs> from, hey, shut up, Canuck, just because you have nationalized health care. Oh, my God, that's great. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be here, and I'm really scared of Rebecca this episode now instead of Lacey. <laughs> uh, and we also have the very lovely, our young buck, Carly. Yeah, I can't top any of that. So, hi, I'm Carly, everybody. Good to be here. <laughs> And because, uh, you know, people just loved her so fucking much on the last episode, we had to bring back my sister, Nikki Kay. What's up, Nick? Hey, everyone. Good to be back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can you guys believe it's already fucking April? No. No, no, this year's going by really fast. Yeah, it's insane. Actually, Um, since we met last, Carly had a birthday, didn't you, Carly? Oh, I did. did. Yes, I turned 57. Her her 22nd birthday. (laughs) Yeah, 22 again. Feels good. Feels good. Oh, very nice. And your birthday's on St. Patty's Day. Did you do anything fun for St. Patty's Day? Did you get liquored up? Um, you know what? Oddly enough, I did not get drunk on my birthday this year, and I mean, it's okay. But oh, I um your thirties, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I um Did any of you guys get drunk for St. Patty's Day? Yeah, I sure as fuck did. Good for oh my God. On you. I, I I just got drunk and then I realized it was St. Patty's Day. Yeah. So that was my excuse. Oh, it was just a typical Wednesday night for you. Yeah. No, I, but I, I I mean it was like it was a work week, so I wasn't gonna, you know, drink on the night. Well odd the funny thing is I did sleep in the next day anyway, so everyone at work was making fun of me, like, Oh, that's how you party, Carly and I was like, I literally just like watched bad leprechaun films with my friend. That's all I did. Yeah, so I did that, um, with JP. We watched Red Clover and the Leprechaun's game. So great double feature. Just kidding. Um <laughs> But we did that, and then I went to dinner with some friends at Texas Red House on Saturday, and then I went to dinner with my mom the next day. So it was nice. I did get alcohol at Texas Roadhouse, but I only had one drink, and I kind of nursed it the whole time like a pussy, and my friend ended up really drunk, so I was a little bit jealous of her, but 
Uh, that's just how it goes sometimes. Did, but did they sing the Yeehaw Happy Birthday song to you? They did, yes, yes. Oh, they, sweet. Yeah. So it was a good birthday. It was. It was very nice. Well, Heather, how do people party in Canada for St. Patty's Day? Same way you guys do. We all get drunk and pretend we're Irish for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I am Irish. And I Are took, you? Okay. I, yes, I called in that day, and I had taken the day after off. Like, I got up at 3.30. I was supposed to get off at 3.30 anyways, but I said, fuck it. So I went and got day drunk. And I bought this stupid uh, shirt from the sweater from Amazon that said I Clover Shamrocks. And I ended up puking like all over it. So <laughs> I, I was a very like, Irish St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. We're proud you of you, Lacey. What you need <laughs> to do is send it back and be like, this had vomit on it. Yes. Take yes. the money back. I drank yes. from two to eight and I was done. And then, but I wasn't hung over the next day, so it wasn't too bad. I'm proud of you, Lacey. That sounds yeah, like a good, good. day. Yeah. I I went out to a patio. We have a lot of restrictions up here still, so um, it was it was a very chilled St. Patty's Day to what it would usually be. My buddies have a band, and they play a lot of Irish music, so usually I would go out and watch them. But that wasn't happening this year. I just drank a lot of green drinks, and I had to work too. But I had to work from home, so it's not as like the the commute isn't there, right? So I'm not yeah. worried about driving yeah. drunk to work the next day. <laughs> I that was me. I got more, inadvertently right? drunk. Like, I didn't mean to. And then, like, I kind of, it's like 8 o'clock, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm drunk. And it's like, but wait a minute. I can work from home tomorrow. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember your Facebook post. You're like, yes. I'm drunk. And I was like, yeah, me too! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> it was great. That's how we I all bond. Right? Right? Blowing up on a Wednesday. Blowing <laughs> up on a Wednesday. What about you, Nikki, for St. Patty's? I actually did not do much. Just pretty much played Mario Party on a Nintendo Switch all day. But that's dope, though. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> did you connect with any spirits? No, I'm just teasing. Uh, not uh, that day. <laughs> you took St. Patty's off. You were like, I need a break. I need a break. <laughs> it's, a, it's a holiday spirit. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, you know, since we've had a couple episodes under our belt now, we've actually gotten a little bit of fan mail. Um, I have created, you know, a Facebook group page and a Facebook business page. So, like, once we get, like, merch and stuff, like, obviously that'll be a good place to sell it. But uh, there have been some messages that came through on that end on that page. So I'm going to read some of those off because I think they're kind of funny. <laughs> this is called fan mail. <laughs> Yay! I feel like, did you guys ever watch uh, like, like all that in Amanda Bynes? Mm-hmm. Dear Ashley, that's me. That's what I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody watched it, but that's how I feel. All right. This person's name is Hitomi Lee Rose. And they just sent a message that said, thought was a song. And I said, it is a podcast. And they said, oh, okay, I'm at your Facebook. Have a good one. <laughs> well, thank <laughs> you. Tell me. Tell yeah. Me. That means a lot. He's coming yeah. in hot. Mm-hmm. Did we look and like a girl band or something, like in all of our promos or what? I don't know. And then William Campbell came in and put a question mark. Oh. And I said, hello, how can I help? And he goes, Oh, can too. Good luck. I said, thank you. <laughs> oh, this is, wow. Thank you, William. Hard-hitting nail. Oh, man. I was not expecting all this. I know. Fanfare. Oof. 
And then we have uh, Richard Glenn Schmidt. He said, really enjoyed your popcorn episode. I said, thank you so much for listening. He goes, no prob. I'm a big fan of that film. Plus, y'all have a great thing going with great rapport with each other. I'm looking forward to more episodes. Oh, fuck you, Richard. Whatever. (laughs) Come on. Hitomi. Hitomi and William. Yeah, they were the ones who really gave us the pertinent information. (laughs) Next. No, but seriously, thank you, Richard. Love you, Richard. Thank you. Yeah. All right. And then we have Michael Vincent, and he said, would you guys ever consider doing the Terrifier? I said, ah, maybe. That one is gory. He goes, yes, it was very gory, too gory for the Slumber Party Massacre podcast uh, oh, no. shots fired that's a shots challenge fired. and then he said i bet you ladies have seven to ten movies lined up to record i really hope cam is one of them would you do comedy horror like hubie's halloween the adam sandler movie i said possibly right now we are only releasing one episode a month though he goes okay well i'm excited for your next month then rock on young ladies young All ladies right. you hear that rebecca young ladies Oh, yeah. I'm a, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm a grandma slut. <laughs> Get it right. And then we had one from Twitter. Um, the shoot. We have shoot? a Twitter? Yes. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's just my Twitter, but I, I'm okay. trying to figure out how to, because I have three, so I need to figure out how to, I can navigate all three. But yeah. Nishu uh, um, says, great show. Knocked it out of the park again. How is Lori Strode not number one wink face? Because she wasn't. She wasn't even in the top five. Because yeah. you know what? We would have stopped at episode number two if Sydney Prescott wasn't the motherfucking yeah, that, <laughs> that would have been the end of us. <laughs> well, no, at the end of you, Heather. The end of Carly me, and I. Carly I and I. So really I'm here. I could just be yeah. a recording that's taped previously. Well, we actually have a couple of recordings that got sent to us as well. Oh. So I'm going to play those now, okay? The Slumber Party Massacre. Here is one of your biggest fans of this podcast that you ladies have brought together. And, of course, it's Derek. That's right. Uh, The infamous Derek. The Derek that you all know and have talked to in the past, and have recorded with in the past. And I have to say, I am so proud of all four of you ladies for what you brought together. And the last two episodes were a blast to listen to. So much energy, and your chemistry is amazing. Who would have thought, you know, years past since... Lacey first told me about this idea that it would come into fruition and I'm proud of all four of you uh, I've recorded with all four of you in the past like I said uh, I'm very very lucky to have known all four of you and I've talked to you privately and together as a group of individuals in this crazy world of podcasts and, and I just wanted to say keep going keep going with it it's a blast I'm glad that you guys are doing this. I'm proud of you all, and I love you all to death. You know I would do anything for you guys. Uh, And just a little word of advice in the world of craziness that is the podcast. Just stay golden. That's all you can do out there. Don't let no one ever bring you down, because you both 
strong individual women, and I'm glad to have known you in my life. Keep on and keep on. on. Peace out. <laughs> boo, boo. Who the hell was that guy? Aw, Derek. Oh, <laughs> I, just, I, I, I had a tear in my eye, and I just sent him a message. that said, oh, listening to your voice message you sent to our podcast. Aw, thank so you, Derek. Nice. We love you. Yes. His name Derek. Derek Boo Boo. Yeah, he's my co host on There Here. Yeah, I don't I don't know Derek, but that, that warmed my heart. <laughs> Derek Boo Boo. Derek, <laughs> Derek, Derek Boo Boo. We call him Boo Boo. Well, we have one Thank more, you. guys. Are you ready? Yeah. Sure am. All right. Hey, this is for uh, Rebecca, Carly, Heather, and even Lacey. Uh, I'm a, a listener of the Slumber Party Massacre podcast, and I just wanted to say that you, uh, you guys should talk more about Devil's Rejects, <laughs> uh, specifically, um, my favorite part of Devil's Rejects, um, the guy that works for, uh, he's like a roadie, and, uh, remember, he's gonna go get beef jerky for everybody? <laughs> or jerky jerky and then he comes back and then he gets killed you should talk about that guy <laughs> hey uh, congrats on uh, the killer podcast Lacey wanted me to play uh, April Fool's Day prank I know it takes more than a hat and a mask to hide this dude uh, it's pretty clear who I am I can't hide it anywhere uh, but cheers you guys thanks Lacey for thinking of me Happy April Fool's Day. <laughs> April Fool's Day. Did I get you guys? I didn't know who that was. Me I don't either. know. I'm trying to. I have two people in mind. I was like, I was like, I expected it to be Dave Z, but it doesn't sound like him. Yeah. Was it Derek Dan? Dan? Oh, you guys still don't know who the fuck it is? No. no. You totally got us, I guess. Yeah. Is okay. it Dan or right. Derek? <laughs> no. Is it nudie? No. All right. So I'm going to, everybody turn on your camera. We're going to, we're going to do this one live. Okay. Okay. Hey, this is for uh, Rebecca, Carly, Heather, and even Lacey. Uh, I'm a, a listener of the Slumber Party Massacre podcast, and I just wanted to say that you uh, you guys should talk more about Devil's Rejects. Uh, specifically, um, my favorite part of Devil's Rejects, um, the guy that works for... Uh, he's like a roadie. Uh, and, uh, uh, turkey, uh, turkey, uh, turkey for everybody. Uh, turkey, turkey. Uh, there we go. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, hey, it's Brian Uh, Congrats on uh, the Killer Podcast. Lacey wanted me to play uh, April Fool's Day prank. Oh, I On, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but that, that like sealed it. I was like, oh, oh. Well, I guess we better stop and go watch Devil's Rejects and fucking come back and change our movie now. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody. Wow.
Wow, that's cool. That's a really cool, Lacey. Yeah, that was, cool. that was funny. He's like, you should talk cool. about that guy. <laughs> just a whole review on just that guy. <laughs> just that guy. You could do it. You could no, do it. was great. I, no, I like, I wanted like a crazy fan or, you know, I actually kind of liked reading the fan mail. So I hope people, more people do fan mail here going forward. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a fun little segment. Uh, it was just supposed to be like a little skit that I had like as a ploy to like get you guys. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that was good. Like it took us a minute, but yeah. That was good. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, for all uh, of you who don't is- know, Brian, what's it? How do you say his last name? Brian Posein? Posein? Posein. Yeah. Because this is a podcast, so that may not have translated very well. <laughs> Video-wise. Look at Rebecca giving it away. Um, Yeah, so this is the April Fool's Day episode. We're not covering April Fool's Day because we didn't want to be cliche bitches. But, um, yeah, so it's going to be kind of a prank-filled episode. So for a girl talk segment this time, I want to talk all about pranks. So have you done them? Have you had one pulled on you? What's best, worst? Uh, Carly. Most memorable prank in your life? Um, well, let me think. You know, this is stupid. This was like a long, this was literally when I was in like second grade, but my friend came up to me at the bus stop on April Fool's Day and told me that her and her family were like moving to, I think Mexico. It was something ridiculous, like (laughs) Mexico or somewhere. And I started bawling. Like I was, cause she was my best friend and I was so shy and I was like, no. And that always, (laughs) I always remembered that. So, because it traumatized me, and then she was like, April Fool's, and I was like, ha-ha-ha. But, um, yeah, so that happened. That's not necessarily funny. That's more um, traumatic, but <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm not much of a prank puller because, one, I'm bad at, I'm very bad at lying and pulling jokes on people, and also I always am afraid I'm going to take it too far and hurt someone's feelings, much like in the movie we're going to talk about. Um <laughs> I've never really pulled any massive pranks besides the typical putting, like, fake spiders under people's papers at work or stuff like that. Like, silly, goofy stuff of that nature. So, I can't really think of anything spectacular right now. Carly, you're fucking adorable. Oh, stop. I'm going to put a little fake spider under your paper at work. (laughs) People were, like, me and my old coworkers, we would do that to each other. It was more so around Halloween time, not April Fool's Day, because, you know, Halloween, trick or treat, haha. And uh, they would do it to me. I would Uh have a heart attack. I would do it back at them. It was, it was great. It was horrible. Oh, well, I got a story. So, (laughs) I'm an only child. And when I was younger. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. And uh, I saved up all these, like, barcodes from uh, Kellogg's Corn Flakes because I wanted to get this cock-a-doodle-doo alarm clock. <laughs> and I, I saved them up, and I sent it away, and I got the cock-a-doodle-doo <laughs> alarm clock sent to me. And it sounded like a like a rooster. It would, like, it would literally sound like a rooster, right? So I was going to sleep over at my grandparents' house, and my parents are going out for the night, which were probably to drink and party because I wasn't going to be there. And I thought it would be really funny to put – the cockadoodle deer clock under their bed and set it for 3 a.m. <laughs> and um, I guess they came home not at 3 a.m. They went to bed and the fucking thing goes off at 3 in the morning. 
<laughs> now I was like eight, right? So I was at my grandparents' house. I I think I had forgotten that I did it. And the next day, my mom came to pick me up, and she said to me, "You were very lucky you were not home last night." Um, me and your father are not happy with you. That was not fun. <laughs> and as an adult, every man that I have brought home, every boyfriend, every, you know, adult dating relationship, my parents tell that fucking story. They're still <laughs> sour about it. I am 38 years old and they still bring it up a couple times a year on how I put this cock and hole to alarm clock underneath their bed. I love I that. Hilarious. That's they, pretty ingenious. Actually. Yeah. 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 It, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, I think it's lucky I'm an only child, which is why I'm still here because they didn't have backup kids. Right. Um, yeah. Right. That's, that's the only reason why. But that was probably the best prank I ever pulled. That reminded me when I was a kid. I thought it'd be funny to put a banana in my mom's um, what do you call that nightstand? And I, I don't. I just thought it would be funny. Like, oh, she's gonna open her drawer and there's just gonna be a random banana. But she didn't open the drawer for like weeks. Oh. And so the banana. <laughs> Was like black and rotted, and she was pissed. So my, I just had my to mind went somewhere completely different. Yeah, so did I. Uh, was no. thinking of a <laughs> My right. God. Yeah, no. Y'all, y'all, some grandma sluts over there. Yeah, we really do. <laughs> now, Heather, have you had a prank pulled on you? Amazon. <laughs> well, yeah, I just had one pulled on me right now. Um, yeah. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I I definitely have had some. Uh, but nothing like, yeah, nothing too, nothing that really stands out as being like really good that really got me. Um, but that could be because I'm old and I don't remember. I'm sure my friends did shit to me in high school. I just can't remember it off the off the cuff. Right on. Uh, Nikki, what about you? <clears throat> my story was actually a prank that was done to me. And, and <laughs> basically it happened probably eight or nine years ago. Oh, no. <laughs> it was more than a decade ago. Was it a decade ago? Yeah, it was like 2008. Well, but I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I randomly received this Facebook message from this guy, and it said something along the lines of, you're hot as fuck, I want to date you, get at me, J Money. His name was J Money. <laughs> and... <laughs> um. I didn't respond to it, obviously, but Jay Money sent me messages for over a year. <laughs> and sometimes I would respond, sometimes I would not, and it was very annoying until one day Jay Money made a mistake and I was able to trace who it was. And it was Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> no, didn't you find some of the messages? I still have them on my phone. Somebody in India has taken over the account. <laughs> but, yeah. Every single message was always ended. Get at me, J Money. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> girl. Get at me. <laughs> Get at me, J Money. Yeah, this this was a year, like a year of this. You're welcome. <laughs> but we didn't just fuck with you. Like, it wasn't just me. It was our other friend, JD. And, like, we fucked with, like, our guy friends girlfriends like siblings <laughs> well all right so how j money came about actually was uh i found a picture of some guy with abs and me and my boyfriend at the time like broke up so like i wanted to make him jealous so like i started commenting on my own shit <laughs> i was like 19 you guys i was 19 
And so I started coming on my show, you hot as fuck. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe by doing this, my boyfriend will, th- my ex-boyfriend will then think, yeah, this bitch is hot as fuck. <laughs> and, oh, but then, like, I told my friend JD about it, and then she took it over. So it wasn't just me, you guys. <laughs> like, I was just trying to, like, I told JD about it, and she thought, she's like, you're ridiculous, but let's use this to our advantage. It's genius. So we fucked with Nikki that's for a really long time. <laughs> and like, <laughs> how'd you find out? Like, how do, how were you able to trace it? I don't remember. You know, I actually think it was JD's boyfriend Frankie at the time. He was able to like trace it back because J Money was also sending him messages. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, J Money, he was a like, popular boy. Yeah, it was a covert effort, and we tracked it back to you and JD. You're welcome. <laughs> now, have you ever pulled a prank on somebody? Uh, yeah, I've done multiple prank calls to my father. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an example. Oh, just like, you know, because he likes to go out to Prairie Meadows and gamble, just saying, yeah, you want some money out here, and had, <laughs> had guys that I dated just randomly call him and tell him that like <laughs> that he won money at the and casino. he believed it yeah <laughs> yeah we're we're a couple of fucked up people over here what about you? <laughs> well, I, you know what like i got nothing on j money you know like the yeah, best that, thing yeah. that, the best thing that i've done in recent memory is uh so my friend heather she is she works in horror movies she's an yeah, effects heather? artist uh, not this heather heather Hardy. Oh. Which Heather? <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> that was funny. That's right. That's good. So uh, she gets freaked out. Like, I mean, she works in horror, but like she'll watch horror movies and she just has that like, that like eight year old, like, oh my God, that's creepy, whatever. And so we watched Dolls, the movie Dolls. Uh, and it's really like a fairy tale kind of thing. It's about like the adults who are like bad. The dolls come and get them. And if you're innocent, then they don't. So like, if you watch it, it's not creepy at all if you're a good person. But so we watched that and then she went to go film a movie and she got, she came into my house like the next day. It was like one, two in the morning. And unbeknownst to her, I had uh, bought a couple of uh, really fucked up dolls on Facebook <laughs> Marketplace. Uh, so I went for a ventriloquist puppet and the lady actually had this doll and she had it on the porch and she said, here, you said you like creepy shit. I won't let this in my house. It's been in my shed, like $5 and it's yours. So I get this doll. She's about four foot tall and somebody has like, I mean, somebody took a lot of love, like probably in the sixties, like made her clothes and like made some kind of mechanism that if you plug her in, her head moves around and her eyes are painted and they're painted over to the side. So I was like, huh? So I sat her on the table, right? <laughs> where when you walk in the front door, right there, she was <laughs> <laughs> greeting Heather that morning. <laughs> and I'm sitting here looking at her now. And Carly also bought a haunted doll. And I said, Suzette, my haunted doll and Carly's haunted doll, they got to hang out. Right, yes. I didn't get, I've, I'm supposed to, it said it shipped. I'm really excited. It's supposed to come, I think, uh, either um, Thursday, Friday, somewhere around there. So 
Um, yeah, I'm pumped. I, I got really oh. drunk uh, last weekend, and that's just what I decided to waste my money on you, that week. You know, though, I <laughs> I want to see your like one star reviews. Like this doll is not fucking haunted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, my my salt shaker to, hasn't have, moved. You, Carl, you have to do a five night segment. I'm requesting this now, everybody. You have okay. to do a five night video segment of just interactions with this haunted ass doll. Okay. I, I need to see this web series. Okay. Yeah. Or I should I just should just do like paranormal paranormal activity and film myself sleeping with the doll next to me and just paranormal see. activity. Yeah. Oh. I was trying to mm. like, do it but with see, your I, I, I can see, <laughs> <laughs> see you like doing this whole thing where you just keep looking at the doll going, Really? Really? Nothing. No no uh, no knocks on the on the door. <laughs> Really? I, I was like, I didn't buy you, you nothing. <laughs> I stimulated the economy to get a haunted doll. God damn it. I wanted you to damn me to hell. Annabelle lied to you. Annabelle lied to you, Carly. Right. Mm. right. I'm Our calling Rebecca, the Bullrens. Rebecca, have you ever had a prank played on you? Played on me? I'm sure I have. I really, like, I, I think Jay Money kind of just... Uh, <laughs> Just threw me for a loop. I don't. I don't know that anything I could say or do would be any better than J Money. I don't think I've ever had anything like super crazy pulled on me. I mean, my sister. I'm I'm the youngest, so my sister's always like tortured me with shit, but not really like a prank. I'm boring. Lacey yeah. Lou, please tell <laughs> us that Nikki got back at you uh, no um I mean I've never even had a surprise birthday party so I mean it's really hard to like prank me Dan kind of got me the other day uh he because I went over to Nikki's like for March Madness to watch basketball and uh we played our Nintendo Switch I was like well fuck I want a Nintendo Switch so like after I left there we went to like five different places and everybody got their fucking stimulus checks so there were no Nintendo Switches left and so he knew, like, I really wanted one, and he was like, hey, John's playing the Nintendo Switch. What uh, game did you play with Nikki that you really liked? And I was like, a Mario Party. And he was just like, oh, that's the same game he was playing. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's a lot of fucking fun. And um, I was working, and uh, I decided to scroll through Facebook, like, because I'm a good employee. And <laughs> I was trying to Who's post. got two middle fingers up at her company right now? <laughs> <laughs> And um, there was, I was tagged in a post, and it's a picture of my dog Jules with a Nintendo Switch on my couch, and it said, "Hey, Merry Christmas." And this I is, mean, that's not, I don't know if that's a prank, but yeah, this no. Is but he actually surprised you with something. Yes, and that's no. get past you. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But no, no. This is <laughs> why you are part of the trifecta of the sickening couples. That's a pop horror <laughs> can't stand. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I don't think anybody's ever, like, got me, got me. Like, it's hard to even, like, get me with a movie without me predicting the ending. Like, I don't know. Like, so, come at me, motherfuckers. God, I feel, I feel <laughs> right. like Lacey and I should try to start pranking each other. Yeah, let's, let's have a prank war, Rebecca. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's on yeah. now. But, uh, I mean, come on, I am the mastermind behind J-Money. And after I tell you my prank story, you might think I... All right, if you thought I was a psychopath after listening to the last pillow fight... No, you're a, probably so gonna really a sociopath, sweetie, a sociopath. <laughs> okay, well, it's probably getting upgraded to a psychopath now. 
I don't know which is worse, but uh, <laughs> she's so, both now, Rebecca. <laughs> both. She's, she got promoted. <laughs> so, so I was nine, and I got uh, I don't know if you grandma sluts were around during this time period of where. The uh, oh, honey, I was around. <laughs> we were around. We were just busy with other things. Yeah, like. we were already having sex <laughs> and stuff. I was like well, busy shitting my pants at this time and crying <laughs> for my mommy. Well, I got a uh, clueless voice changer phone for Christmas, and obviously, Scream was my favorite fucking movie. And I decided that I was gonna start prank calling my friends. I did not understand the significance of what it would be to quote the movie Scream as I am prank calling my friends. Oh no, I told her I was going to gut her like a fish. Oh, uh, even better. I did not guess who I was. Oh my and, um, no, and if she nowadays, killer was yeah. in Halloween. So, and then I just like, hop, like she started crying. So I was like, oh fuck, this is serious. So I just like hung up on her real quick. <laughs> and her mom called my mom. <laughs> I remember my mom came into my bedroom and took out my Scream VHS tape and told me I could not watch it for 30 days. Oh. Now you have to understand what, how big of a I would watch that every day after school. It was like what I would do. So that was a big fucking grounding punishment. But yeah, so I with my clueless voice. Oh, and I got yes, my phone. If, is this the plot for Scream 5 that Lacey just spoiled for all of us? She's actually <laughs> in it. And it's her getting revenge for that fucking videotape being taken. <laughs> I would go watch that movie, Lacey, just so uh. we're clear. <laughs> Do you guys think that was really fucked up of a nine-year-old to do? No. Uh, I just wonder if that mom called your mom and was like, um, you know your daughter just said that she was going to gut mine like a fish, or... You know, know, I would hope my mom would say, tell your daughter to stop being such a little pussy. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, for real. What what did mom say to her? I I was gonna say... She goes, oh, please. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, kids these days. No, my mom didn't like shit. My mom didn't like little bitches. She really didn't. All right. (laughs) So so that concludes our fucking prank (laughs) segment. April Fool's, everyone, hope you enjoy. (laughs) Get at me, Jay Money. Since he's out of control with a clueless hands-free phone. He is? Totally. Describe. What's with girls and phones anyway? I'm totally bugging. What language is she speaking? Don't go close to Someone is listening. Off, brat boy. An eavesdropper detector. Safe to talk. Is that even legal? With voice changer and three clueless speak phrases. I'm outie. <laughs> Her clueless hands-free phone rules. Now I've got mine. The Talk Boy FX Plus phone. And look for the clueless fashion and makeup dear diary. Rebecca, <laughs> you were handling our game, our game segment this episode. Yes. So uh, I did make a comment uh, online that we should play Girl Talk. And Lacey said, yeah, I've tried to get the game. And, you know, it's like 50, 60 bucks on eBay. And so I just happened to do a little eBay search while I was at work. <clears throat> and found a Girl Talk game that was an auction. And it was in the last day of bidding. So I bid on it. And I got a Girl Talk game for like $25. Whoop, whoop. Now, 
Now, I was already, like, by the time this game came out, I was, like, having sex and doing drugs. Uh, but apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and probably my other grandma <laughs> slut, you were probably right there with me. But I apparently, was. just with this We thing, were together, Rebecca, doing it together. Let's we, make were, sure we were. We were. Like, sure. across borders, man. That's right. Now, so, which version of the game did you get, Rebecca? Okay, so this is, uh, it's Girl Talk. I'm going to tell you, the game of truth or dare. So it is an older one. Um, I think this said it was from 95, I believe. The the girls on the front, I'm sorry, the two girls and the 30-year-old woman on the front, (laughs) kind of, they do seem very 1995. Oh, wait, hold on. Are there scrunchies? Are the scrunchies on top of their heads? Are there scrunchies? There are scrunchies, Heather, of course. Yeah, Yeah, okay, so, but not, okay, but there's another one, right? Not a game of truth or dare. There's several. Right, okay. So, I actually had to look this up online. I felt like an idiot on how to make this work. But you have a little spinner, and you have these cards, and they are truth and dare, truth or dare, dare things truth and dare things (laughs) some of them are a little more like interactive so what I kind of decided to do is I'm going to spin it and then if there's one that we can't do I'll just turn it to the next one because I think about three quarters of these we can do so who wants to go first I think I think grandma sluts need to go first Heather I think yeah we do okay there is like this whole like scoring thing that goes along with it Fuck the scores. Yeah, we're just we're just gonna have fun. We're just gonna have some girl talk. Wait, here I'll even the microphone as I spin everybody. Oh shit. <laughs> are, are you okay? That, didn't that work. was the end of girl talk. <laughs> I think she broke her hip. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, Carly. Fucking Carly. Good job. Thanks. Thanks. I'll be here all night. <laughs> You're like I, I really will I, I will and I'm going to try to make a lot of jokes But nobody's going to listen And I'm going to just kind of <laughs> Hey see Listen to episode 2 I'm not making fun of her okay. so, Heather, Heather I yeah, am yeah. told to take a girl talk card From okay. each corner To tell your fortune Oh yay. You ready? You ready? Okay Nikki eat your heart out <laughs> Yes Fuck your seriously accurate tarot card readings. <clears throat> Heather, she's a television junkie. Born, born to succeed, cries easily, and loves to gossip. <laughs> so, did, did, I, did I nail your fortune like I am for sure. Absolutely. I cry easily a lot. That is true. A lot. You're like, I do love television. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking eerie, Rebecca. How did you do that? Oh, my God. (laughs) She loves to gossip upside down. (laughs) In reverse. That's what it is. In reverse. Well, I like to do other things in reverse. Anyway, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Nikki, are you ready? Yes. Okay, I'm spinning again. Ooh, Nikki. 
If you could have a dream date with any guy, who would it be? <laughs> hmm. Any guy? Kiefer yeah. Sutherland. So you're not going to say Anthony, your fiance? <laughs> <laughs> she she gets those. This is a dream. Oh. <laughs> so Anthony's not a dream? Yes. I'm just fucking. So, right. are we talking about are we talking about Kiefer like now or Kiefer like Lost Boys or like? I'm gonna have to go. You know, de- definitely Kiefer Lost Boys, but I also like Kiefer Jack Bauer 24. Yeah. I'm just disappointed yeah. that you didn't say J Money. <laughs> I found out J Money was you. It was a lie. Yeah, but the picture was good looking. <laughs> No. If she said, if she said money, there'd be a lot of judging going on right well, now. Well, you know, I have to admit, there were some lonely nights where, you know, Jay Money was looking pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I All was right. Back then. <laughs> Jay Money. Get at me. Yeah, oh, get at me. Sorry. God, I got his tagline wrong, too. Okay, Carly, are you ready? I, I guess. Carly, do you ever wish you were someone else? Who and why? These sound like essay prompts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I picture myself writing this out in elementary school. Right, and you're just like, oh, God, sweating, like, oh, oh, I want to pass the standardized test. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to get me into college and and conduct my future and all that stuff. Um, But let me think. Any ever wish I was somebody else? Huh. Who knew girl talk was thought-provoking? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I kind of just love myself, so I guess not really. I do wish I could be somebody that was maybe a little richer and maybe had a plumper booty, uh, but no one specifically comes to mind, to be honest. Okay, I, I'm ready. Kim Kardashian. You would be Kim right. Kardashian. That's kind of what I picture. That or like Nicki Minaj. But I'm like, I don't want to be those people. I, I actually wrote this down next to Carly's name. Richer and bigger booty. Okay. We'll see what we can do for you, Carly. Okay. Well, you've already predicted Heather's future. Yeah, I'm good. So. That's right. I, I have confidence in you, Rebecca. Car- Carly's going to wake up tomorrow and she's going to have like $100 bills like lining her bed. And she's going to have this big ass like bubble butt. And she's going to go, oh my God, fuck Nikki. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Rebecca's got it going. <laughs> Why did I just picture Caroline Williams from Leprechaun 3? And she's like blowing up with her booty and her butt. Don't trust her, Carly. Hey. J Money Lacey, are you ready? Get at me. <laughs> you made me laugh. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Okay, so this is one that's probably a little more visual, but it works for this. Choose one player and imitate her for 15 seconds. Oh, man. When's the low hanging fruit be your sister? <laughs> I'm thinking. Heather, uh, Heather, you're deferring again, sweetheart. Deferring. You're just like, you're just like, don't pick me. Oh, you can pick me all you <laughs> want, but I would pick who would be easiest. 
I will not be offended if you pick me. No, I'm not going to do Nikki. I'm going to make it more fun. Like, I pick on my sister my entire life. Now I get to pick on you guys. I love it. Mm. Um, <clears throat> who am I going to do? Who is my victim? Hmm. God, I don't want to do this at all. <laughs> you know you know what happens in Girl Talk if you decide not to do what comes up on your turn. Do I get a zit stick sticker? A zit sticker, yes. Oh, and I have a full yeah. sheet of zit stickers. So- <laughs> So you know what, Lacey, if you want to disappoint your mom and you want to puss out, you can have a oh, Man. Oh, shit. Girl talk about you real. You know what, Lacey? You puss <laughs> out. Oh, my God. You disappoint your mom. I got a zit sticker. My name is Rebecca. I am Rebecca Reinhardt, and this is Hot Tub Bubble Bath. <laughs> Hot Tub Horror, Jamie. <laughs> that was funny. Bombers. I'm a badass, and I don't know why I'm talking like this, but Grandma's Forever! Grandma's Let's Forever! (laughs) That's my tagline, Jay Money. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. All right. It's my turn. I did it. I did not earn a zit sticker. You're welcome. That's right. You could tell your mom you weren't a pussy. You did not get a zit sticker. (laughs) All right. Mine is, ooh, have I ever been kissed by whom? (laughs) Wow. Wow. Um, we don't have all night, Rebecca. Just exactly. shortly. <laughs> somebody like semi famous. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, there are a couple I can't mention. Okay. Uh, it, there's a guy sitting at the end of the table, uh, Rob Mello from Happy Death Day. He's, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He also made me egg rolls tonight. Which, oh, uh, wow. That's which, why, which is why I've been muting. So that I could eat the crunchy egg rolls. Well, tell yeah. Rob we said hello. The Bye. girls say hello. And happy death day was great, Rob. And happy death day was great. Says we the canoe, Heather. Mm-hmm. All right, Heather, are you ready for your second turn? Sure am. Okay, Heather. Ooh, Heather. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Wait, hold on. We already threw this one. Uh, wait, no. Is it who I've kissed? No. Uh, okay, so I had to scoot it because it was it was a repeat. What's your deepest secret? Come on, you can share this one. This is worth five points. Deepest secret. Mm. Dig deep. She's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Not a secret. Oh man, fuck. Um. Hmm. Oh. I okay okay. This is seriously the only thing I could think of. Uh, when I was 16, I hid a bunch of condoms and lube in my bedroom in my, like, um, I don't know, like, somewhat like my old, like, doll toy chest thing that was in my closet. And for some reason, my mom went through my room and she fucking found them. And I came home and she had them out on the fucking counter and was like, I found these in your room. And I panicked and I lied. And I said they were for my girlfriend, who my mom thought got around with a lot of guys. <laughs> That I was holding them for her because holding them for a friend. Yeah, because she was worried her parents were gonna find them. Mom, if you're listening, that was a lie. That was mine, and I was fucking my boyfriend. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So yeah, that's probably my biggest secret because I don't think 
I've really told anyone that story except for maybe a close girlfriend. So that's 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 what I got. Well, and now four other close girlfriends. And everyone else. <laughs> and everyone else who listens to this to it be like, podcast. <laughs> All right, Nikki. Yeah. Again. Okay, Nikki, Nikki. Yes. I make a girl talk card from each corner. Here. Honey, nobody read your fortune last time. But I'm gonna do it now. <laughs> So, our dear Nikki, she wiggles when she walks. <laughs> oh, and she knows every inch of the mall. Probably because she watches those dead mall videos. Or, you know. She's super smart and knows the malls are not a thing anymore. And she loves to play jokes on people. I feel like that card might have been meant for your sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not resonating. <laughs> going to wiggle when she walks tomorrow and she has a bigger booty. Uh, okay, this uh, card is kind of... Okay, Carly. Yes. If you could change... You get, you're get you getting like the <clears throat> deepest ones here. If you could change one thing about your looks, what would it be? Oh, wow. Wow. Um, I was getting the uh, hard one. That's actually... Yeah. The, easy um I think it would be my one of my eyes is like lazy and a little bit crossed and I wish I could make it a little bit more symmetrical because I notice it a lot in photos and when I'm trying to take selfies I you know I'm always trying to like hold that one eye open more and be like come on make it look like the other one so if I could fix that that would be ideal okay so I've I've got this all on a piece of paper and Carly is Three out of, she's got six points. She's uh, so far, she's ahead. And it says, richer, bigger booty and eyes. I'm going to, I'm going to rip that out and just that piece of paper and I'm going to burn it in the fire and, and make a wish on it. Okay. Carly. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. Make it, wow. make it for you. That's sweet. Oh, none. Did I get zero points for imitating you? No, you got, you got five actually. Um, I might have to get. One of these is brush the hair of every other player for 10 seconds. Carly, you would. Uh, <laughs> Good job, Carly. Uh, okay, we're going to have to switch cards here. So I'm just going to randomly pick from one of the other cards because we kind of. Hey, Lacey, this is a pertinent one. Oh. What, what career do you want to have in the future? Oh. I can't believe this is worth. This is worth three points. I don't know why. Huh. <laughs> Honestly, I don't really fucking know. Um, Ooh, she might not get the three points. <laughs> How about the near future? How about the absolute vodka building? Yes. <laughs> you dreamed of. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of a glow with the flow kind of person. Um, yeah, I dream big over here, guys. Um, Ooh, no, actually, I would like to get paid podcasting there you go yeah wouldn't we all hint hint for anybody who wants to start a patreon for us <clears throat> all right and i will do the last one <laughs> okay you can tell this from the 90s call the operator <clears throat> and ask for the president's phone number 
I would gladly do that. Uh, I'm to do that now. Do it right now. Can you still call the operator? <laughs> I don't think an operator. Oh, yeah, there's no hey. operator. They're dead. Oh, the operator died. No. That's the operator. Is it? Isn't that, is that information? It? Yeah, that's the operator. Four one one. Hey, is that the? Is that information for you too? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm calling. This I'm putting. Hold on, I'm calling zero first. Okay. Oh dear. No, don't dial that. <laughs> no. Okay. So four one one. Okay. Hello four one one. Is it star four one one? Does four one one not exist anymore? <laughs> I don't think it, there. You know what it just says? It just says Google motherfucking bitch. Let's try again. Oh. Okay. Washington, D.C. Say the name of the business you want or say resident. Martha. Resident. That's Dr. Rajner Internal Medicine and <laughs> Resident. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm panicking. Okay. I hit. <laughs> Who's actually going to send me to an operator? You did. Was, did it. Zero points. I did it. No, zero points. She did it. No, she had to speak no. to an operator. No, she never asked for the president of the United States. She didn't right. do it. Because because the boy here fucked it up by saying Merca, and then it thought it was, it said something like Dr. Roger Merkin or blah, blah, blah. Merkin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So, uh, so by the final count here, Heather, uh, Heather stored lube and condoms in a doll chest. Fuck yeah, Nikki, I won. Nikki, you know, Heather, popular vote, yes. Nikki <laughs> wants to be Kiefer Sutherland. Carly wants to be richer, wants her eyes to be symmetrical, and wants a bigger booty. Lacey wants to get, uh paid podcasting and she does a very poor impression of me and me i <laughs> i called the operator in 2021 i'm kind of proud of that one so snap, there we go snap, girls snap. that was girl talk that was totally worth like the 25 bucks <laughs> <laughs> all right guys so that concludes girl talk and our first segment is complete when we come back we are going to be doing palo fight my favorite segment and we are covering the top 10. Well, I think everybody probably guessed it by now. We did top 10 final girls last time. This time we're doing top 10 final guys. Oh. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought with expert timing. There was funky China men from funky Chinatown. They were chopping them up. They were chopping them down. It's an ancient Chinese. 
everybody. Now the long anticipated await that everybody has been waiting for. I don't know what that was. Drum drum roll. Hello fight. Yay. That's awesome, Carly. See, I'm the only one prepared. Yeah. No, we got plenty of pillows. Oh shit. Oh shit. They got two. She's like, stay away from me, Lacey. Fucking stay away. Now, I would like to say that this time I'm resetting the clock and nobody is dead to me yet. So uh, (laughs) we are doing top 10 final guys. And, you know, uh, this our top 10 list is what we did. We I had everybody send me their top 10 based off of a point system. Got to push it through or not. Um, and then we did tiebreakers for the ones that had the least amount of points. And so before we get into our definitive top 10, I'm going to read our rejects list. As other people would like to call them honorable mentions. <laughs> and if everybody wants to know why I look like a weirdo, I have the Slumber Party Massacre sweater on. Yeah. Because her boyfriend loves her. Now, we should mention that we did shave three off the the top, right? So, so we do have, so we did, we're giving Ash from the Evil Dead uh, franchise, we are giving him the Ripley Award. (laughs) Because basically we figured he would be the Ripley of our list if we kept him in. Yes, the Ripley Award. I think that's going to be like a thing going forward. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Ripley and Ash, man. But, and then, yeah, I think kind of decided that he would be the number one. I mean, we decided to do guys that were kind of put into normal situations. Well, kind of. Well, let me, and then we kind of took off a couple who are just way too talked about, right? Yeah. So we took we took away the quintessential final boy. Tommy Jarvis. But he was on your list, Rebecca. He was on my list. But I, I think, I thought we took him off. Like, I thought we weren't going to have him on. Uh, I guess I was just still so on <laughs> Well, you were like, who knows? No, no, we only took Ash off. And then we said, let's see if, you know, the other ones make the list. All right. Oh, wow. Okay. Go. <laughs> wow. Uh, this, might, this might be the place where people are dead to me. I think Rebecca might pull a Lacey on this episode. Mm. Okay. Oh, wait. Others say that I'm the one she's scared of this episode. She's uh-huh. a gun. I would like terrified off of me being a psycho. So the or a sociopath. Like, oh, Nikki, see, Carly, you're funny. the only one you feel safe with. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get this party started. Who are our rejects, Lacey Lou? All right. Well, uh, another one that we had talked about taking off right off the gate um, was Jesse from Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. He kind of sucks. I'm sorry. I know people talk about him. He, he, deserves, he deserves credit. I'm sorry. He deserves credit because he is like a very quintessential final boy. I just it's don't feel like he's a very... But I just don't feel like he's a very strong character. And after all that, uh, the Mark Patton um, 
documentary stuff that came out last year. I just feel like he's just a whiny. He's a whiny bitch, man. Your mom would not like him, Lacey Lou. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have Sam from The Lost Boys, who was actually one of our tiebreakers. Um, somebody else got put through instead of Sam, so I'm sure we'll talk about him later. Um, <laughs> we have Mike from Phantasm. Mm-hmm. We have Arkin from The Collector, which, spoiler alert, oh. we're fucking seen, so thanks, guys. Uh, I, I never have either. <laughs> we have Deputy Dewey from Scream. Oh. Oh. oh yeah. That's actually a good one. Wow. I, yeah, I didn't think about him. Yeah. No. I was the only one that put him on my list. Fuck you both. Oh, all I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't think you should be there. Oh, oh no! Wait, wait. So he Heather, had you're dead. Nerve, Heather. He had severed <laughs> nerve. We're gonna battle about Heather. the rejects first. Heather, Heather, Heather. <laughs> He's like start smashing it around. On the, I'm about to. <laughs> All right. Who else? Lacey, let's keep going past Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> Loved ones. Nice. Mm-hmm. Which was also a tiebreaker. Great movie. Uh, we have Jim from The Hitcher. Yeah. 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 I still look at every French fry I eat at a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. We have Steve from, I can't read my writing. It was on your list, Heather. Steve? Oh, Steve from, um, Disturbing Behavior. Oh, right. Uh, Yeah. Jason Marsden. Yeah. Uh. Or James Marsden. Yeah. I think that says Dane from, or, or Dane, I think Halloween 3, the guy from Halloween 3. Oh, wow. yeah, Tom Atkins. Yeah. Uh, we have Jim from 28 Days Later. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, nice. Uh, we have Ray from, I, I Know What You Did Last Summer franchise. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think he made a better final guy than Julie made a better final girl. Yeah. 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 Uh, we have Ben from Wolf Creek. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, that was on my list. <laughs> that's why you knew it was a good one, Carly. Of course it's a good one. Yeah. One of my Head on a stick. We have Brody, who was another tiebreaker from Jaws. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 We have... Dr. Gordon from the Saw movies. You know, we did not think we were even going to be able to come up with ten dudes. And how many tiebreakers did we have, Lacey? Uh, There were nine tiebreakers. Nine tiebreakers. I think these people were all good, too, that Mm -hmm. we're listing off. The Lord kind of is a heel at the end, right? The what? Gordon. He kind of was working with Jigsaw. But right. he survived, and that's why. That's true. He did. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, it's he a tiebreaker. Heather, tiebreaker, and he's a reject. This is honorable mention. We don't argue. Honorable these. mentions. We don't use negative language like rejects. <laughs> Actually, we fucking <laughs> do. Yes, we uh, do. We have Dan Everyone's from a winner. Cube. As Nikki's chewing an ice cube. She <laughs> <laughs> needs to take an iron supplement. And then the last one we have is one that I was really hoping was going to get through, but uh, did not, which was Seth from uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, I didn't think of that. 
Oh, yeah, he was a tiebreaker, and you all yeah. ranked him at, like, the la- last possible. Yeah. I've, I've only I seen that movie once. So I can't yeah. remember. Well, no, but when I sent you the tiebreaker. Oh, right, right, right. right tiebreakers, right. you all ranked him last. And I'm like, yeah. how the fuck are some of these getting through when he's not? Like, he's a total fucking badass. I mean, George Clooney and that fucking tattoo on his dick. Ah. Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> let's, let's get for the boy. real. Let's go for the real contenders. All right, guys, for our 10, which, you know, I'm really happy that we didn't do, like, a conventional thing that, because this top 10 list is actually pretty fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it goes from, you know, our final men defeat killer dolls to aliens to racists to a crazy lady with a sledgehammer, um, vampires, um, fucking a foreign country, um, incestuous siblings. Uh, hillbillies, uh, fucking, uh, and then animals, death itself. Wow. So, I mean, every guy that's on this list definitely has a right to be there, in my opinion. Okay, so, so Dave, Daisy, you just start taking notes right now, start critiquing us, because you know what? Here we go. Our debate. <laughs> All right, so our definitive top ten list, guys, before we put them into the hat, is we have Paul Sheldon from Misery. We have Andy Barkley from the Child's Play franchise. We have Fool from The People Under the Stairs. Michael from The Lost Boys. Doug from The Hills Have Eyes remake. Alex from Final Destination. Paxton from Hostel. Chris from Get Out. Uh, Charlie Brewster from Fright Night. Right. Mm, oh, and McCready from The Thing. Oh, yep. <laughs> I think that's all of them, right? If not, then we're soon going to find out. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that was right. Who was the first one you said? Paul Sheldon. Okay. Was that 10? Mm-hmm. That's 10. And you guys bitched so much about the hat last time, I decided to bust out my cool hat. Oh. 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 Yeah. It says I love two. it. It says bitch two. Oh. <laughs> Who is bitch that. one? Nikki. Mm. Nice. <laughs> I, knew that was be I don't have part. a hat, though. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. I, I don't no, know. J, J Money uh, is bitch one. <laughs> Get at me. Uh, yeah, so all the names are going into the hats. Ah, it's like magic. <laughs> so cute, Lacey. <laughs> oh Cheers, you guys. Cheers. I love I, I love that you still have you. the hood on. Oh, Harley and her Gatorade. Straight vodka, for sure. <laughs> Round. Yeah. What kind of wine are you drinking, Rebecca? It's Merlot. Actually, this is my favorite. It's the Robert Mondavi Rum Barrel uh, aged Merlot. It's Aww. pretty tasty. Can you say that again? That was kind of like seductive, and I like the Robert Mondavi Rum Barrel aged <laughs> Merlot. It's my expensive wine. It's fifteen dollars a bottle. Yes, that is the that is the most I will spend on a bottle of wine. That's my fancy shit. As I was writing these names down um, earlier um, to put into the hat, 
I never thought I would write some of these names again. One is an ex-boyfriend that I dated for four and a half years, and the other one was my ex-husband's name. So I was like, <laughs> So maybe you should burn those as I burn Carly's little slip of paper that is going to give her good luck. Well, they definitely were not my final guy, so there's that. I mean, like in real life, they're the not these characters. They could be, but not the never mind. All right. Yeah. So without further ado, we're doing it the same style we did last time, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Sounds good. All right, pull out the first one, Nikki. Axton. Oh, oh shit. Mm. Versus Andy. Ooh. Mm. All right. So um, I think all right. So for me, this time around, guys. I am judging it by wit. I mean, you guys can judge it the way that you want to, but the way that I'm going to do it is by wit, like outsmart, outplay, outlast, basically. Um, So how much danger they were in is going to factor for me, how much they contributed to that danger, and what they ultimately had to do to survive. So that's what I'm factoring into my choices um, how much they actually had to do, like put in that work to earn this ultimate title. So it's up to you guys if you want to do like favorites, whatever. But I'm actually factoring that because I did watch all of these films. So yeah, I was a pretty open book going into it. I had no idea who I was going to pick. So I'm going to start with, you know what, Carly, we're going to start with you tonight. So uh, give us pros and cons to Andy and Paxton. All right. Well, I was told by uh, Brandon Orlick that I, you know, need to fight a little harder on these, I guess. But um, whatever. So. Oh, whatever. Don't listen to the boy. I know those exploding head guys. What What are you gonna do? But no. Um. Let me think. So it's kind of a hard pair up because you got Andy. He's like a child, and he is up against a doll, which some people. I know people argue that Chucky is like not that menacing because he's a doll and you should be able to just kick him in the face and that'd be the end of it. But I mean, he does have like the strength of a killer and he's after Andy and Andy does like evolve as a character throughout a franchise. That's a big key factor there. I think that he survives throughout the entire franchise. Now, granted, he does does get a break uh, between being a kid and well, not that much of a break, because you got part three where he is, like, a teenager, and then he's an adult, but... Um, right, and then you see, like, later... I'm sorry, but then you see okay. later where he's he's kind of done a Laurie Strode, like, he's had to live his life kind of in fear and, you know... Right, right. Um, Paxton, on the other hand, I've always thought he was a very strong final guy because of the circumstances, like, being stuck in like a torture chamber that's like something that it's like one in a million you're gonna escape from because obviously all these other people are not escaping and he well he honestly he kind of gets lucky though because the guy who's trying to kill him is a dumbass and like slips and you know cuts the chains off and that's like how contributes a lot to how he escapes and then you have part two where not only is he like you know kind of scared and afraid to tell anybody and he's having bad dreams but he winds up dead so I think for me I would have to give it to Andy on this one okay Heather yeah I don't know Carly makes some good arguments I was kind of back at Paxton because I think going to a fucking random country was it Romania they were in in the first one in hostel was it Romania I can't even remember what the country was but I can't imagine 
like being fucking tortured and then going back for somebody who I didn't even know mm. to pull them out with me. But you make some valid points about Andy. Um, I think the foreign piece to me is just too strong. And then going back for a complete random stranger is going to make me go with Paxson. Nikki? Okay, so Andy, in the very first Child's Play, you can totally see how Chucky manipulates Andy throughout the entire film. And that's playing off of what you were saying, Carly, about how you can totally see how Andy evolved from when he first met Chucky to the end. And I'm, like, visualizing Andy at the end of Child's Play where Chucky is in, like, the fireplace. And he's like, come on, we're friends, you know? And then, like, Andy's like, not now. What was it he said? This he said, is the this, end, yeah, friend. This friend. is the end, friend. And then he just lights Chucky on fire, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> And th- that's, like pretty solid for a child to come to in that moment you know like you can see like the whole film where Chucky was just manipulating him telling him what to do and it was like the veil would just rip from Andy's eyes at the very end of the film and he you could see like how strong he was as a child now Paxton Paxton was put into a situation that I think is really terrifying it was like a human trafficking ring where they were just totally picking out people at random to like buy and just torture and then his friends are all picked off and then he's left alone and he finally gets captured and he's like sitting there and he has to figure out what to do and he does it is like divine intervention he does get lucky But I feel that the hardships that Paxton went through were very terrifying. And he had to really think quickly on his feet. Whereas, like, Andy did have the help of his mom. And he also had the help of the police officer. So, with what Paxton went through, I'm going to go Paxton on this one. Wow. Nice. Rebecca? I... Okay, so having been somebody who was younger and went to Europe and, you know, rode the trains and went to different places and knew that there were dangers, especially for Americans. Um, And in fact, hey, Canuck, one of the things (laughs) that I was always told um, was put like on your backpack, put like a Canadian flag because we really wish you guys would stop doing that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Probably. But, but no, you go to Europe and like, you know, they can't really tell the difference between a Canadian and American, but there is a very strong hatred for Americans. Agreed. And so you put the Canadian flag and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm from Hamilton. Oh, uh, Hamilton. And uh, yeah, yeah, like, I go to Cheesecake Factory on Saturdays in Buffalo. But you know what? I'm Canadian. I got health care. <laughs> right? That's exactly so, what you say. Right, exactly. Absolutely. I love it. So, you know, this is what, 2004, five, the hostel came out. I mean, I was already, like, I had gone to Europe three times um, before that and already knew, like, you know, the warnings and the dangers. 
So, and then the communal living, going to a hostel, I mean, you got to like, you got to know that there are going to be people who are like trying to like get your shit and stuff. I'm not talking about people like, you know, kidnapping you and wanting to torture you. But I mean, like in general, you just have to keep your guard up. And so I felt like Paxton and his friends did not have uh, the right. They did not have the guard. They were like, woo, we're going to go to Amsterdam. We're going to get fucked up whatever which is fine um but i feel like at that point in time they would have known that they needed to be more careful than they were not saying that what he went through wasn't horrific but andy on the other hand is just a kid and he gets he wants this doll like we all wanted a cabbage patch kid or whatever and he gets it and then it starts like influencing him and talking to him and it's like, you know what? Like, I, I don't know if my, you know, if my first Cabbage Patch kid had started talking to me and telling me to, like, you know, kill my mom or something. I don't know that I would have, like, been like, no, Gabrielle, I can't do that. Like, I think I might have been on board, you know? <laughs> right? And, and, you know, like, oh, hey. Yes, I know my Cabbage Patch kid's name. Um, that was my first one. Gabrielle Leah. That's your name. But I feel like Andy had to do like a lot of growing up. He saw his aunt Maggie get killed. He never learned how to make breakfast. There, there were so many things there. But like, I think he was just, he was a true innocent thrown into a very strange situation that I think all of us would be very susceptible to. So I'm going to give this to Andy because Andy had no reason to have his guard up. Paxton just was like working totally on id and he's like i won't get fucked up get laid whoop whoop going to amsterdam oh shit now people are getting their toes cut off you know by rich people Woo! so andy gets my vote <laughs> oh yeah send it up for this I, I think i'm channeling jay money <laughs> i don't know what you're channeling <laughs> i don't know either <laughs> and he never learned to make breakfast. <laughs> no, he didn't. And in fact, I don't I don't know if you saw the photo shoot that Alex did not that long ago, but it was him as an adult and he's got on the thing and he like the, the jumpsuit and it's like he's got like the burnt toast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty fucking okay, good. So just to clarify where things stand right now, Carly, you are for Andy. Yes. Heather, you are for Paxton. Rebecca, you are for Andy. Nikki, you are for Paxton. Okay, I'm going to save my thoughts for Paxton later. Um, and I'm just going to tell you why I'm not putting Andy through. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Okay. I am not putting Andy through simply like I think, yes, he has that innocence. And yes, we all love Alex Vincent. Um However, I don't necessarily think that he is the greatest final guy. Um, he didn't do a whole lot for me uh, to defeat aside. I mean, he did, you know, like you said, burn the match. Uh, and the sequel, uh, you know, Kyle pretty much did it all. I mean, he did turn the, the faucet on, but she was the one that put the definitive nail in Chucky's coffin in that one. And then in the third one, he fucking, you know, he all he did was just kind of fling him off and he goes into the amusement park thing that's 
splits him up. But, like, before that, he really didn't do anything to defeat his demon head on, you know? Um, and then in the Cult of Chucky, when he returns, I mean, at the end of Curse, he does pull the sh- shotgun on him. But, like, you don't get to see that moment of what happens after. And then you see him and then Chucky yet again tricked him in the Cult of Chucky and locked him in the insane asylum. So I'm sorry, I Paxton just did a lot more for me in one movie than, you know, Andy did in his whole entire run. So with that said, I, I can't put Andy through. Paxton, so, it is. Paxton moves on. Boo! I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> you know what? You're dead to me. Dead to me. Dead yeah. to me. Hey, I'm I, leaving. I just, no way. It's nobody on that one. So you're welcome. No, that was my girl talk really bad imitation of Lacey Lou. What do you mean? <laughs> the spin I never got. Like, no, you're all dead to me. You're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> No, I no. Um, that could have been that could have been a lot more heated than it was. But um, I think that Nikki and Heather, as Rebecca and Carly were dead to me last, or Rebecca and Carly what? were alive to me last time. Yeah. What the- Thank you. What? I, I think they're feeling me this time. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> all right, Rebecca. So number ten is Andy Barkley. Okay. Oh, I, wait, am I keeping track? I'm keeping track? Okay. Well, I don't know. I'll do it, too. I'll, I'll do it. Here. Okay. Secretary of this... Uh... Lumber Party? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm going to draw first. We have Paul Sheldon. Mm-hmm. It's not the lotto, Nikki. <laughs> Charlie. Oh. All right. So we have Paul Sheldon from Misery and Charlie Brewster from Fright Night 1 and 2. Uh, this time, I'm going to throw it to Rebecca first. I will be really honest. Uh, Fright Night was never a movie that I liked. Uh, okay, hey, shut up. So just to be fair, like if I was going to go for something comedic where a teenage boy had problems with like a vampire, blah, 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 I was going to watch Once Bitten. I'm sorry. I love I know, Once Bitten. I know they're not like one in one. But it's well, why the like, fuck was Mark Kendall not on our list? I've never that's seen One Spin. I forgot. Oh, that's why he wasn't on mine. Sinner. <laughs> Maybe this should be our next movie is One Spin. It's great. <laughs> Hands off. It should be our Halloween episode. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Fright Night was never, like, a movie I really, like, loved. It, it's something I felt like I should have because of the whole, like, nighttime horror host kind of thing. Um. So I actually, it became between that and People Under the Stairs. They were both four bucks to rent. And I'm like, okay, I'm only going to rent one. And uh, I found some stuff, uh, some of the fool scenes online for People Under the Stairs. And I'm like, okay, so I guess I'm renting Fright Night. Um, So I did. And it still didn't, like, catch me. Now. Charlie is great because he it, it it's a rear window like scenario. It, 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 this is basically rear window with vampires, right? I mean, you know, he sees something he shouldn't see. Nobody believes him. Blah blah blah. You know, and then we see it later in uh, what's the oh, what's the movie? Uh, Disturbia. 
Yeah, Disturbia, like, basically takes the same template, um, which is fine. Uh, but I still didn't, I don't know, I just didn't feel much for Charlie through the entire thing. Paul, on the other hand, Paul wrote a book, or a series of books. Um, and yes, he should be aware that there are going to be some psycho fans, you know. Uh, fine, but I think he was taken off guard in a situation that was that he couldn't have seen coming. <laughs> and he definitely, once he was in it, couldn't see coming. And then he's completely immobilized. And so I, I don't think there's any question in my mind, Paul is my guy here. Paul. Nikki? Okay, so Charlie was actually my first love. <laughs> I saw Fright Night when I was four years old, and I even had an imaginary friend named Charlie. And she would set fucking dinner plates for him. Yep, he ate dinner with us. Um, and Charlie has always had a special place in my heart. So let's talk about some pros from the movie here. Well, you I did even just said I when I asked you to come up with the list you said Charlie Brewster is my Sydney Prescott I did say that Charlie Brewster is my Sydney Prescott she did. but I did watch the film and I have some differing opinions now <laughs> so Charlie Brewster he nobody would have known that Jerry Dandridge was a vampire without Charlie Brewster and I feel that upon another watch with this that Charlie is not the ultimate final guy in this film. I feel that Mr. Vincent did all of the work in this film, to be honest. And Mr. Vincent, the guy who plays him, what's his Roddy name? Roddy McDowell. Roddy McDowell. He was so brilliant. I was, like, drawn in by him. And on this watch? On this watch, yes. I feel like he overshadowed Charlie in this film. And Williams Ragsdale, if you're out there listening to this, you know... I love you, and I just, you know, at Days of the Dead, I think we had a moment even. I just, you know, <laughs> a moment. Watch, I have, I think Mr. Vincent outshadowed you in this film. Now, to go to Misery, Paul Sheldon, his car breaks down in the middle of winter. This apparently nice lady takes him in, only you realize that she's not so nice. He is bedridden and he is drugged and he is just incapacitated and he has to figure out how to get out of this situation on his own and he has to be strategic about it the entire time whereas in Fright Night Charlie had someone helping him as well I think Mr. Vincent overshadowed him so this goes to Paul for me Carly yeah, I think this one is pretty easy. Uh, Fright Night is one that I got to rewatch for this, and I completely agree with Nikki, where uh, the Peter Vincent character kind of does all the work. All Charlie does is discover there's a vampire next door, get all his friends upset and thinking he's crazy, and, uh, you know, gets his woman taken from him, but even then, he's not really the knight in shining armor for her. I feel like Peter Vincent pretty much does 
most of the work, all Charlie really does is like dis- make the big discovery and convince people finally that there is a danger afoot next door. But I don't think he's the one who really saves the day by the end of the film. Um, and then Paul Sheldon, uh, yeah, he is in a horrible situation. And not only that, but it just goes on for so long. Like you get the feeling that he's there for months and he's trying to write. He has to write an entire book for this lady and he comes up with like such an elaborate plot. Like he writes the whole book and then by the end of the movie, it's like, it sets it on fire. It's like crazy. And it's like, if that wouldn't have worked out, he would have been fucked. So um, he's uh, I think he's a very brave uh, person. And then by the end of the film, you know, he comes out uh, just white with a limp leg and that's, that's about it, you know, and he gets back to writing. So it's got to go to Paul for me. Death by typewriter. <laughs> uh, for me, um, before we get to Heather over here, I think it's pretty clear cut who the winner of this battle is. But um, Charlie was a complete like I never noticed this until this rewatch. But Charlie was a complete asshole. Um, <laughs> I-, I didn't really like pick that up of how rude he really was to Amy. Um, oh yeah. You know, at first he was like, oh. I've heard it all before, you know, like, as he's trying to get into her pants, and then, like, all of a sudden, fucking Jerry Dandridge comes to town, and he's no longer interested in Amy's pants, and she's, like, trying to, like, throw herself at him, and then, like, Jerry Dandridge, like, comes in, and he's just like, oh, she looks just like my ex, I need her, you know, and, like, he's... suddenly Charlie is like, oh, maybe I want her pants. But see, but that's not even the thing. Like, he's not even really, like, jealous of Jerry Dandridge at all. Mm -hmm. Like, he could give a fuck up. It's just about defeating him or proving Mm -hmm. that he's a vampire. And he's not even the one that, I mean, yes, he does pull the curtain open. And, you know, but Mr. Vincent was the one who did, you know, get the faith. He had the faith. Um, You know, he had more character development. And Mr. Vincent did have a way cooler story arc than Charlie. Charlie was an asshole. And he didn't do a whole lot. I mean, he had, like, he's in his room with the garlic and the fucking, like, somber music playing in the background and all the crosses and, like, he's, you know, doing a stake. And he doesn't use any of this shit, mind you. None of that came into fruition or into play at all. Yes, he was prepping, but he didn't do goddamn thing. So, I mean, Mr. Vincent, he beat Evil Ed. Uh... Did he beat um, the monster dude? Yeah, uh, the, the friend. Yeah. Yeah, his Who friend. Was, yeah, he did. It, it was a very lengthy, like, uh, eh, eh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was perfect. So. At the very end, Charlie pulls away the, yeah. the window and the sun blasts him, but that's what Charlie did. But he also didn't yeah. save her from her being taken in the first place, and he didn't save his friend. So, Paul Sheldon, however, survived a car crash and getting his legs slammed in with the sledgehammer after it started to heal. So, I mean, they're enough. Like, that just says survivor to me. I just feel like Charlie was a little bit of a bitch boy. And yeah. <laughs> I still love you. <laughs> and, and that's it. So my vote is for Paul Sheldon without even having to really go in depth here. I think we're going to get into, I think our final. Number nine is Charlie. Well, Heather hasn't even gone yet. Oh, it doesn't doesn't (laughs) matter. Oh, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. But go ahead. 
Go ahead. <laughs> uh, it doesn't. So I'll make it short and sweet. Uh, Charlie was successful because of the group. Paul was successful as being an individual. It's Paul. And I want to nominate Peter Vincent for the woulda, shoulda, coulda award. Yeah. should have put him yeah. in this. That's too he bad. wasn't even in our rejects list. Yeah. I know. And, and you don't think of him as a final guy. Because no. for mm-hmm. most of it, he is kind of the pussy. He's like, oh, I don't want to have anything to do. I can't do that. Oh. You know, but he is the one that comes through. And he is actually, if you think about it, the better final guy in that movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So number nine is Charlie Brewster. You're so cool, Brewster. To have faith, faith for that to work on me, Mr. Vincent. Remember. And I, I, and I can't look at Amanda Bierce as anything but Marcy Darcy from <laughs> Married with Children. I'm sorry. Who's next? Michael from The Lost Boys. Mm. And Doug from The Hills Have Eyes. Mm. All right. So, Heather, we will start with you. I feel like, for me, this is pretty straightforward. I'm going to go. I'll, I'll tell you right out. I'm going to go with Doug. From the hills have eyes. I think that to be stuck in the middle of a of a desert and basically a desert, uh, radioactive, fucked up, inbred cannibals, fucked up his whole family in pretty graphic ways, and the dogs, like everyone gets fucked. And this dude, who kind of is a little wimpy at the beginning, um, manages to know that. I forget who was sexually assaulted. Was it the mom that was his raped? His sister. His sister that was raped. Like it's just, it's just fucking graphic and he makes it out with the baby and i don't think anything could be more heroic than that as much as um i do enjoy um the lost boys and i think michael does a pretty decent job i don't think it's comparable i think that um yeah definitely the hills have eyes for the win rebecca i could i could vote michael all day long and yes there's some nostalgia uh going on here but Yes, Doug got the baby out and all of that stuff. But um, Michael, he he protected his brother, uh, sort of protected. But they were up against a clan. They were up against basically a whole town um, that they walked into unknowingly. And, uh, and that they had to figure out who was the head vampire? And they had very, you know, it was like you had the Frog Brothers, you had Sam. Yes, there was a group. But Michael, in the end, was the one who he knew Max was the guy. Uh, and he protected his family. And I, I, I got to go with Michael. I'm sorry. There, there are only maybe like two other people on this list that I would even argue with Michael. I, I'm that just, Sorry that much of a michael girl fair enough um i'm sorry but i think michael is undeserving um he was the one who drank the blood he was the one who put his family in danger to begin with he went and slept with star and she was she made the constant decision not to kill him he was she was going to kill him that night and he would have known anything nonetheless you know it was sam and the frog brothers that knew that it was they did all the testing on max i don't know michael brought the you know and i I mean obviously that max was in for the mom but michael was the one ultimately who put himself in danger of not being able to survive i mean i guess if you look at it he survived becoming a vampire i mean that's cool but um doug 
you know, he just went through a traumatic experience. His baby, his his fucking child, you know, his wife just fucking died. His fucking in-laws just fucking died. His child is out there somewhere. And, yes, he did get a lot of assists throughout the movie. But I, I think he did a hell of a lot more than Michael did in this movie. I mean, he kind of flew back and forth twice with David and killed David. Sorry. She's fine. Uh, he flew back and forth twice with uh, David and then was able to, you know, put him on the deer, whatever. And same thing kind of with Max. He got the assist as well um, with his grandfather there. So I just, I mean, it's a no-brainer for me that, you know, Doug went alone aside from having help from Ruby. Um, I, I'm going to vote Doug. Carly? Yeah, for me, it's also a no-brainer. Um, it's you know, it's got to go with Doug on this one. Um, it, he was actually the first one that I kind of thought of when we decided we were going to do the final guy list. And it's just, you know, they portray him as like a wimpy pussy type guy who just sells cell phones to people or something at the beginning. <laughs> the dad, the dad's always kind of ripping on him, thinks he's like, you know, not good enough for his daughter. And then, it, you know, life just gets turned upside down. And those, you know, people in the hills there's multiple of them and it's a scary concept because they're in the middle of nowhere and they're you don't know where they're at and they're obviously very aggressive because you see how they like wipe out that family in pretty much minutes um and Doug just goes out there alone and he takes a lot of beatings like to the head and just winds up covered in blood has to murder a few people and it's like I'm pretty I'm watching and I'm thinking I think I would be dead if if I got hit once, but this guy gets hit like three times. Um, and then he comes out victorious with his little girl still intact. Um, Michael, uh, to me, I just don't feel, you know, I'm kind of with Lacey where I feel like he gets himself in the bad situation. And then he has to have like a posse of friends to help him get out of that situation. Uh, you know, I do agree there's a lot of vampires that they do have to take on, and it is challenging, but he does have that support and backup, and it just doesn't feel like he does enough to really be deserving of that final guy award, so I gotta go with Doug. One point that I wanted to argue that I don't think I'm gonna get the chance to was the fact that uh, when they went to go kill, um, you know, Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Winters. He went to go kill Alex Winters, but uh, he literally just sat in the car and slept. So I mean, I think that makes my argument right fucking there. Like he's not doing any of the grunt work, period. Um, and they defeated the majority of the vampires compared to what he did. But Rebecca, I'm since this is your guy, you told me this was your Sydney Prescott. I want you to fight for him like I did for Sydney. No, and I and I won't. <laughs> you know what? Because it's it's a lot like Alice from Friday the 13th. I mean, when it comes down to it, like, I love her, blah, blah, blah. But, like, when it came down to a debate, I'm like, yeah, she's not the strongest, whatever. And I don't think Michael is either. I, I agree with what you guys are saying. Um, So I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm still going to go with Michael just based on, you know, my love for him uh, and the movie. But, yeah, I, I think you guys have very valid points so nikki 
So Doug is someone who had a very strong sense of self, and I feel like that is why he was a very good final guy, because he there was no qualms about it. He was going to go save his family, and that's what he did. Whereas Lost Boys, which is one of my favorite films of all time, this is a story of Michael finding himself, and that is why the movie is so iconic is because in the beginning he didn't really know who he was he meets these this group of vampires where david is you know so controlling and there's like that moment where star is going to get on his motorcycle with them and david's like star and she just automatically goes and goes off with david that's how strong david was with this group of people and michael kind of interrupted that but he still didn't have a strong sense of self. So that's why he drank the blood, because he was trying to figure out who he was. And as the movie goes on, you can see that he is grappling with this. Like, he sees that his reflection in the mirror is like... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't mean I'm, to, like, cut you off, but I'm sorry. I think that he was tricked into drinking the blood. I don't think it had anything to do with figuring out who he was. I'm because not, they're maggots, Michael. I'm not... He, done he talking did, yet. He did <laughs> Hey, work. hey. Let 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 her have her time. Well, no, this I is mean, fucking pillow fight, not well, like here I'm gonna pass the pillow. <laughs> oh, Lacey's coming out. I know, but I'm just saying that like I'm counteracting what you're saying about him. This is called pillow fight, right? But let um, me finish what I'm saying. Okay? The movie is about Michael figuring out who he is. He gets into this gang with these vampires where one is so controlling. And it's almost like you can see Michael grappling with that. Like when he is in, like he's viewing them from the tree, like killing all these people. You can see he's fighting. He goes, this isn't who I am. Like you can see that struggle. Oh, yes. Okay. Now, at the very end, when David grabs Michael and he's like, your blood is in my veins. Michael's like, so is mine and he like kills Kiefer or kills David in that moment he like realized who her, he was her dream her dream date by the way Not so Kiefer. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I had to give Michael a little bit of a fight I think he does deserve a little more credit and um, I do think he had that he had that like he was a teenager who was like in this like weird situation where it's like, oh, we gotta go live with our fucking weird ass grandpa. We're stuck in this different thing. And then he goes and he finds the hot chick or whatever. I, I think like you have to take into consideration that he's a teenager and it's like, he's gonna be like, ooh, the hot chick and the cool dudes. And like, it's he gets mixed in with the wrong crowd. Um, well, he got sent to a fucking foster home and fucking military school. And then apparently if fucking mental institution we didn't give him any nods for that uh i did <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying all right i am all andy and michael so whatever but it but regardless doug wins that round so michael is our number eight boy let's get some more out of the hat she, her vote. she, she still gets her vote oh I, well i will vote for michael because Obviously, Doug won this one anyway. Was that really your vote, though? Yes, Michael. Wow. Okay. Her, that was her argument. All right, let's get two more you votes. Come on, let me fucking argue it. That's ridiculous. Like, no, but, are we holding like 
holding the pillow or like we're gonna bash each other with it like this guy come on like come at us this is a pretty fucking lame pillow fight Charlie's <laughs> got her pillow Thank no, you. my mommy. Yeah. I'm gonna call her to come pick me up well actually I think once we get down to it it's gonna be a pretty tough battle yeah I do I'm All sorry right. you're easy to pick on Nikki <laughs> get at me ain't scared of you J money fool Ooh. I was hoping he was gonna go against Andy. Uh, and Chris, wow, mm. that's, that's an interesting okay. match. <laughs> okay, two two black guys, the only two black guys, right? In our right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't want to start this fucking one. Which, uh, dude? Can I can I say can I say something? After we did all these, and I, I watched Friday the 13th Part 5, and I and I felt like after I watched some of the stuff with Fool, I felt like I should have put Reggie the Reckless in there. Uh, he kind of almost gets my Peter Vincent woulda, shoulda, coulda. Uh, it's not his movie. It really isn't his movie to final guy, but he final guyed it. Anyway. Keep going. All right, Heather, we're going to start with you this time. Oh, wow. Well, uh, Chris was pretty high on... Thanks, thanks. Chris was pretty high on my list for Get Out. Um, Part of that is my love for the movie Get Out, and I really like Jordan Peele as a director. I think Chris went against some... Not to get too socialist here, but some systematic racism shit was going on in that movie. He also dealt with some really crazy, like, fucked up mind game stuff to the extreme. And the way he outsmarted, um, and I won't spoil it because it is semi-newish. No, um, we, we spoil here. Okay, so the way that he managed to somehow pick out a little bit of um, cotton from the tape from the chair and stick it in his ear and be able to block out the sounds and escape was awesome. Now, the ending was originally not a happy ending. It was changed due to political climate at the time. Um, to kind of make it more popular, but what I really like. The, what was the ending? The ending would have been the cops came and he got arrested. Okay. Mm. Yeah, and it and it got changed around. So yes. where his buddy shows up and they escape together, but against fool, that's a really hard. Um, that's a really hard go against, right? Like this little kid breaks into this house and like talk about not knowing what the fuck you were walking into, and not only is he going through this maze, he is trying to save um i can't is a little girl i can't remember it's been a while since i've seen it i didn't rewatch it but i know he's saving a guy a guy um out of that house and all the fucked up shit that's going on in that home and he manages to outsmart the two ogre like people that are living there uh it's great west craven film i think i would have chosen chris from get out if it wasn't against fool but I, I definitely got to go with Fool simply because of his outwitting in that situation, being younger. Uh, but Chris still has my love. And I know either way, he'll still be in the top 10. So I'm happy with that. So, yeah, my thoughts. Should we just pass it on to someone else? I don't know. Nikki, do you want to go? Uh, yeah, sure, I'll go. Um, let's see. Fool from People Under the Stairs. I think... He made a really great final guy because he was, you know, he came from a family that had a lot of issues in their community and they had to take things upon themselves to 
like make real change in that community. So they took it upon themselves to go break into the landlord's house, which what you were saying, Heather, they walked into some stuff that you did not <laughs> think that they would walk into. Like this house is like booby trapped. But I I watched this movie last week and Fool was so strategic in this film. Like that dog that runs throughout the whole house when the when the land I think they were brother and sister they are coming home and they set the dog loose in the house and fool already knew that the the door um the front door was like tripped up with like electricity because it shocked him and when the dog attacks his uh I can't remember the guy's name that was that broke into the house with him but he grabbed the dog was like grabbing onto his arm prince prince the dog's name was prince I don't remember the the, the the older man that was with Fool. I don't remember his name. Oh, I um, just watched it this morning. Uh, <laughs> but he, Leroy. Leroy, was yes, Leroy, Leroy. yes, it was Leroy. Um, he, the dog was, like, grabbing onto his arm, and Fool goes and grabs the, the front door and electric, electrocutes all three of them so that the dog would, like, go flying. Like, he was just so strategic, and he is like that throughout the whole film. So I love that about him. And he made a promise to Alice. He came back and he saved her. And she had her own awakening in that film as well because she was she had the the veil over her eyes about how this brother and this sister really were with her that they weren't really her you know parents. And Fool opened her eyes to that as well. So you just see like the love in his heart. With Get Out, this is a very iconic film in the sense of that. I think that it really did portray um, a side of, you know, racism that a lot of people had not seen. And it was iconic in the sense that Chris was the ultimate final guy because he could see what was going on in the film. And he was able to come out of, she had like that, that, um, she hypnotized them and like that scene where he's sinking into the floor it is like that scene just stays in my mind when I think about that film and just how brilliant of an actor he is and you know comparing the two I have definitely seen people under the stairs more and because of nostalgia I'm gonna have to go with fool on this one so what's the score? Two for Fool. Yeah. I went with Fool as well. Yeah. Two for Fool. Carly? All right. Yeah. Uh, I just watched People Under the, Under the Stairs the other night. And um, I haven't rewatched Get Out in a while, but I've seen it enough times to, like, you know, remember everything. Um, and I think Chris from Get Out is definitely placed in a horrific situation. It's just such a, like, weird, out-there type of thing. And, you know, he's kind of like the fish out of water to begin with, and he feels like everyone's staring at him all the time, and he, like, has this weird vibe the entire film. And um, what it turns out to be is just, like, horrible, really. Um, And, you know, he manages to get out of that. But on the other hand, you have Fool, who... So you're saying he literally got out? (laughs) (laughs) yes Yes. that is exactly what i'm getting at thank you um 
But yeah, Fool, Fool is this little boy, you know, he has a mom who is sick, he lives in a crappy apartment, his family's poor, and he's <laughs> going out there to try to, you know... Um, hey, the landlord don't care that the mother is sick and Ruby got babies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's cancer in her body that they won't take out because they can't afford it. Um, but yeah, you know, he goes out, he's on a mission, he wants to get money and like save the family and then he gets in the house and it's like oh shit these people are crazy and uh you know i the thing i like about that movie is he does get away but then he chooses to go back for that girl and you don't see that in movies really where where, especially with a little kid where they get out after having a bunch of crazy stuff happen and they're like i'm gonna go back in there and let all that stuff happen again just so i can save this little girl and one thing about Get Out is Chris doesn't save any fucking buddy. He, his homie just picks him up and they're, I just spit all over the place, but his homie picks him up and they're like, let's get out of here, dog. And they just drive away. And I always, that always bothers me. I'm like, all those people are still like stuck in those bodies. They're just like stuck there and he's going to go live his life. I mean, there's probably nothing he can do. And to be fair, you don't see like anything after the end scene. So maybe he went and got the cops. I don't know. But I don't think that- because the flash is what kind of brings them back so he can obviously prove that like once he like if he goes back to that community he can take the camera and flash it you know and being a photographer right (laughs) right but i'm just saying he drives off with the homie and i i I just get the vibe that they went and had some beers i got the feeling too carly they got the fuck out of dodge and yeah like i mean i would too i'm not gonna lie like if that were me i'd leave i'm just saying though the fool is a little kid and he goes back for that girl and he gets saves all those people under the stairs and i'm going with fool he also stuck his fingers up that broad's nose <laughs> he's like she's like <laughs> <laughs> rebecca um so the movie get out resonates with me because i think a lot of people thought of that as a race thing they were like, oh, it's a black movie, blah, blah, blah. No, okay, being the woman who is my career, I, I got a bachelor's degree in math. My career is in IT. I love horror. Like, I'm always the chick in the room. And I've always had these situations that are like, okay, I just need to get the fuck out of here. Um, like, I don't belong, like, as much as I can try, I don't belong, blah, blah, blah. So Get Out really spoke to me in that way, but that white girl, man, they, you, you, you shouldn't have trusted her in the first one. <laughs> I mean, like, and maybe the movie kind of skews you because you like, okay, first of all, it's called Get Out. And then, like, you see what happens to the first guy. And so maybe you're just like, okay, uh, dude. But I feel like Chris was allured in by pussy. And Fool wanted to save uh, his people. He wanted to actually make a contribution. Um, I do, uh, as far as the movie goes... People under the stairs, seen it like once, not a fan. Get out, 
Really love the movie. But it's not about the movie. It's about the character. And I'm going to give this one to Fool. Um, for me, once I see our definitive top ten list, you know, it's kind of funny because the only person to make all five of our lists was Chris from Get Out. And I think that says a lot about his character and um, especially only being released in, what, 2017? It's only been released, what, like four years? I mean, that's huge to be the only male to make our list. So, I mean, obviously he's going through, or he's not going through the next round. So I would like to just make that known. He was the only one to make all five of our lists. And honestly, before I watched all the films back, he was my number one that I was going to root for. Um, And that was just simply solely based on the fact that he did it all by himself, had no assists. Um, You know, he figured it out um, what the mom was doing. He defeated hypnotism. He defeated uh, being tied to a chair. He uh, defeated a dude that like knew to do jitsu or whatever it's called, whatever it was. Um, you know, he was like an ultimate fighter type of dude. I mean, well, Caleb Michael Landry or whatever the fuck his name is, is not the toughest dude that I probably would have cast for that part. Um, but I mean, he did defeat all these elements and he still wanted to trust his girlfriend at the end of the day because you didn't know whether she was trustworthy or not because there is that scene where she says, sorry, I'm giving him his day because fool's going to have his, you know, arguments later. Um, so at the beginning, when they get pulled over by the cops after the deer was hit, um, and he wants the idea, the girlfriend does deceive you and is like, no, you don't need his fucking idea. You don't need to see his idea. He didn't do it. He wasn't driving. You know, so it does, you know, I see why he did trust her, you know, and so why she did a really great job of believing, you know, that this wasn't a race issue and things like that. So um, I see why he trusted her. And then up until he found those photos of her, he still had trust for her, but then she pulls out, you know, she's pulling the, ah, I can't give you the keys, right, babe? You know? Um, And then she's fucking listening to the time of her life. Fuck that cunt. So, yeah, I believe that he is very well worthy of a final guy. I'm not going to advocate for Fool right now because I'll save my arguments when it comes down to it, but I am going to choose Fool, and it's really surprising, Um, you know, that... These are two very uh, films that speak out on injustice. One's just a little bit stronger, and that's Fool. So five goes through for Fool, and uh, Chris is our number seven. Seven. All right. Cool, Fool. I did not expect those two to go up against each other, to be honest. I think they could have won either. I think if they hadn't gone up against each other, they probably would have won. I know who the last two are, but we'll just do it for Alex from Final Destination in McCready. McCready? McCready. Okay, so I guess I'll go first. Okay, so uh, McCready versus Alex from Final Destination. Um, For one, I don't... Yes, McCready has all the elements of a final guy. However, he made a lot of mistakes. He's an adult, and he is drunk part of the time. And, I mean, he does get rid of the computer, which was a resource for them. Um, He also, you know, kills an innocent person in the midst of all of this. Um, He does come up with, you know, the idea to do the test to see who has the thing in them. And 
But at the end of the day, there is still David Keith who is right there with him, and you don't know if he's a, has the thing in him or if he has the thing in him. So he's not really necessarily a final guy. Um, Alex, on the other hand, uh, you know, he is up against death itself, and he's figuring out the pattern of in which death's design is and how to beat it and defeat it. And he, you know, he cheats death a couple of times throughout the film. He somehow Carter pushes him at the very end of the film. Spoiler. Um, and he was like, well, who's next? And then obviously it's him because it hits him from behind, which leaves Alex thus being the final guy. So based off of that logic and what I just said, I believe that Alex is the final guy for me in this instance. Uh, Nikki? To be honest, I never really connected with McReady in the thing. It was just a movie I never connected with. And I know my, my uncle Kevin is just dropping his jaw right now because it's one of his favorite films <laughs> so uh, yeah sorry kev i think i made valid points yeah you did you did it's just a character that i never really connected with um i do think that he was badass in the film i think that he had a very a lot of very strong moments that um definitely is deserving of being on this list but i definitely connect more with alex because is it he has premonitions probably <laughs> He's, he's psychic. Like, there's just something there that, like, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no I, I, I think Final Destination is a very, very fun film. And I think Alex was very strategic in how he mapped out the pattern of defeating death. And he just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And he really cared about his friends wanting to save them and help them defeat it, too. So I'm going to have to go with Alex. Rebecca? Okay, so this is a tough one because I love the way that McCready handled the situation. You know, it I, that's I, that is one of the most terrifying situations I could think of as being complete isolation. Um, the only people who could help you speak Norwegian and you don't understand what they're saying as they're trying to kill the dog. Why do Rebecca? But it's not a dog. It's not a dog. It's an assimilated dog. Come on. It's one of them. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, being a kid who actually, like, was an exchange student to Europe. I hate to bring this up. I sound like a pompous asshole because I've talked about, yes, well, yes. I've been to Europe. Exchange <laughs> student. No, mm-hmm. but I was. I, I would have known what to do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, that was a better imitation than you did there, girl. <laughs> no, but like, I mean, that whole idea of like, ooh, you're going on this huge trip and you have this weird feeling and then like the shit happens. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with Alex and I did not think I would. That's surprising. Mm-hmm. It is even though he was going to a foreign place. <laughs> but he's going on a school trip, you know, blah, 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 with the French teacher. And he, and, uh, he technically did save them by getting half of them off the plane anyways. Well, he saved them temporarily. Well, but he was trying to actively save them throughout the entire movie, though, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, he was still trying to thwart death. I mean, of all things, death, not... 
not something, but like, you know, the ultimate thing. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Alex. Heather? You know, I fought really hard in our chat group to have McGrady on the or McGrady onto this list. And um I think it's because I didn't think of enough final guys leading up to it. Because I don't think he's as impressive now as I did before. Especially Definitely. even having to listen to our uh, our runners up list that Lacey <laughs> went over earlier. Our and extensive runners yes, up list. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And I think for Alex, A, I love the Final Destination movies, but I really, he could have just locked himself in a sane asylum and been like, fuck, fuck, fuck you, I'm going here, uh, catch y'all on the flip side, you're all gonna fucking die. Especially that really jockey piece of shit dude, who was nothing but an asshole to him, and he still kept going back to try to save him. He was in so many different situations. And he just overcame all of them. And that electrical shit at the end and going to his kind of girlfriend's house that he wanted to be girl, like boyfriend, girlfriend with. He wins, like hands down. He was probably one of my favorite characters from that series. And I love all the movies, even the shitty fourth one. Um, <laughs> That's why I love you, Heather. Yeah, I will. Uh, never oh, look at oh. roller coasters or log tracks. I mean, and you know, and I, I got was... back together again after this episode. Okay. Yes, I, 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 I can feel us tonight. Oh. Right. So yes, Alex for the win for sure. And Carly, finish us off. All right. Well, um, go against the grain. Do something. Okay. No. <laughs> I, I'm going with McCready because yes, no. Um, honestly, <laughs> no. Go going into this, I thought McCready would be another Ripley type character. Where it's like, why would we? That's really what I thought. Like we shouldn't throw him in this because he would come out on top because he was fought fighting aliens, you know, that argument again. But really, um, yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. And it's hard to, it, it is a hard comparison because at the end of the day, it's like, uh, I mean, honestly, neither character really wins. I mean, by the end, they blow up everything, but there's still the ambiguous feeling that the thing is still out there and it could be one of them. It could be McCready. So, and they're like going to freeze it up. So they don't really win. And then Alex, he lives by the end of the movie, but then you watch part two and it's like death still got him. Yeah. A brick falling, which is kind of (laughs) pathetic, but, um, but no, I feel like Alex does go through a lot more. I feel like he's more of a sympathetic character and he emphasizes with people. He's a lot more caring and wants everyone to live, even though they're kind of like, mad at him like have this animosity towards him because they think he's a psychic now and he like is predicting everything so the teacher every jock they're all kind of like hateful towards him but he's still out there trying to keep them alive and I think it's more respectable and it makes him more of a hero character even though he does ultimately ultimately fail at saving most of them but um yeah I would have to go with Alex as well for this one you know, and if I went to the girl talk cards, um, Alex is incredibly caring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to bring it back, kids. No, I, th- I, I think that's your highlight of this episode, to be yeah. honest. Right there. Um, the other thing with McCready, I know, okay, so we could give him the Ripley Award. But no, and, no, we and, cannot give him the Ripley Award. No, he deserves the Ripley Award. I'm gonna argue on that. So no. No, but okay. Ash gets the Ripley Award for good right. damn reason. 
Okay, but Carly argued the whole thing like we could say he fought aliens, whatever. I don't think it was the aliens that gave Ripley the Ripley Award. It was that aliens were like kind of a part of her world. She was in a different world. Like as far as like McCready or anybody else goes, like, you know, or Nancy or anybody else. They were fighting supernatural things, but they weren't part of their world. But I think that was the whole thing with Ripley was that she knew there were aliens. Just because of her her scenario, her situation, Mm -hmm. she was so different. And again, like aliens were like a possibility in her world that makes it different. And I will, I'll stand by that. Six That's is McCready. Let's yes. go to the next one. All right. So we are down to our top five. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So they're all going to go back in the hat. And I think we should do it a little bit differently this time because then, uh, last time we just debated. I think this is where it's going to get heated. Does anybody That's else? That's good. Think? It hasn't been heated yet. So I'm really no. excited no, for it to get turned up. It's the fuzziest thing I've ever seen in my life. My mom would be so disappointed. (laughs) Where the pussy's at in this podcast. (laughs) Get at. Which one did you? Did you give me McCready? Yeah, here's Alex. All right, so if McCready gets drawn, then we'll Carly, I'm still laughing at your joke. Thank you. (laughs) Did I miss it? I always miss Carly's jokes. It's really funny, actually. When when I edit the episode, she says so many things underneath that, like, I don't catch because, like, I'm posting it. Hey, hey, that's. That's Carly. That's Carly. Woo-hoo. I'm here to say funny things that no one's going to hear. <laughs> but I'm going to laugh at them. Your promo shot. Hey, I, I no, laughed don't. at some of them tonight, Carly. I, I know, Heather. I saw. I was like, ah, my girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Top five. Here we go. All right. Doug. Don't ever say that name to me again. <laughs> Versus fool. Wait, who? Oh. What? Doug versus Fool. All right, Heather, throwing it to you, girl. Uh, so Doug versus Fool. Shit, that's hard. Yeah, you better come up with some fucking killer debate that makes me want to, like, come at your throat. Uh, I'll try. Um, I don't have the fire for this one I did for the final girls, I'll be honest. I, I think that uh, these are two very worthy competitors. And I think if I really think about it, the cannibals are going to win for me. The radio, radio, or not radio, <laughs> the nuclear active shit that he had to deal with, even in that same area of being where all these people are super fucked up, the, the sexual assaults, the graphic murders, everything, being in some fucking RV in the middle of nowhere, and saving his baby when he was kind of a wimp. He stands out for me just above Fool, who I think is pretty fucking awesome, and outsmarted two really fucked up people but it wasn't like a clan in the middle of nowhere the isolation effect that was going on the pressure of your child i can't imagine i'm not a parent but being separated from your baby and wanting to save your child's life no matter what and i think for me that is what comes out and and why i'm gonna go with doug carly um yeah they're definitely two very strong components uh is that the word? No. Opponent. Opponents, not components. Okay. <laughs> but yes, um, they're very strong characters. Um, I think Fool is a little badass because I think he's very heroic in um 
like I said earlier, going back into the house after he does escape, you know, he could have just ran off and that be the end of it. Keep his mouth shut. But he does go back and he wants to save that girl and also all the people under the stairs and get just get take out these two horrible people. So I think it's very heroic of him. But on the other hand, you have Doug who goes through an extremely traumatic event. I think it's, you know, one of the most brutal films. Um, I mean, you go, you got the original and the remake, but I think it's just like one of the most brutal things there is in film. Um, Cause I put myself on that shoe, those shoes of half my family just got wiped out and like, you know, my sister-in-law got raped by the scary mutant thing and she's like traumatized. And then all I really have left is this young boy, um, the brother, and he's like kind of not, you know, he's upset, but it's just, you really don't have anyone else to fight with you and you kind of have no choice. You know, you're not gonna, I I don't think I'm going to let my little baby get killed. So I'm probably going to have to go out there and fight some mutants. We're full on the other hand, like he, doesn't really go through a ton necessarily. Um, he has like a bad home life and, you know, Lee Roy gets killed, but nothing really overly bad happens to him. And he still just goes back in that house to be a hero. But I feel like Doug is like put in the situation where he absolutely has to act and uh, get back what is his and just protect the rest of the family that he has left and get them out of there. And he's going against, mutants that are way scarier in my opinion than bad people just you know just looking at them is scary let alone having to fight them so I would have to give it to Doug for this one um for me you know obviously one puts himself in their that situation and then the other one that situation is thrust upon them um you know, I, I'm kind of looking at, like, my criteria a little bit differently in this aspect of, you know, who's more brave. Um, because one obviously knows what they're going into and the other one doesn't. However, I don't even, they're not really mutants. I mean, they're mutated. Um, but we're giving, they're just normal people that were just nuked and had, you know, nuclear deficiencies based off of, you know, being nuked. They don't have, like, extra powers. They don't have, you know, I I think that gets a little too much credit, in my opinion, in regards to the Hills Have Eyes. They're they're just normal people that were deformed based off of the nuclear bomb. For Fool, he is is a child who is fearless in an aspect of having to go back. Doug was afraid. Um, The only thing that motivated him was the fact that his baby was out there. So he decides to stop being a pussy and goes for it. Fool is in the mix to save his mother from the beginning. And then he wants to save everybody else in between. I'm sorry. I got to go with Fool on this. And if anybody wants to change their answer, they can. Well, fuck you. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go on. That's my argument. Um, let's see here. So, Doug and Fool, they are similar in a lot of ways. They both really put themselves out there to save people that they really cared about. And Doug, he, I feel like his battle was, that one is hard. Um, well, he wouldn't probably even be alive if it wasn't for the little girl that 
uh, like dove herself and killed herself to take out the other guy. So I'm going to throw that out there for this <laughs> argument. Yeah. And Fool, he, in each moment, he has to think quickly on his feet in every single moment of that film. And it just, he comes up with these strategic plans to get out of all the predicaments that he's in. Whereas Doug, he had assistance certain areas when he was trying to save his baby. So I think this one does go to Fool for me as well. Wow, 2-2. Two, two. Rebecca, you're the tiebreaker. I am... I'm going to go with Doug. Uh, Fool, I mean, I liked him just because he was, like, the young kid and shit. But uh, Doug, he he was fighting for something more. Um, what do you think mean about it? something more? No, all right, here we go. Okay, okay. But if you think about it, too... How many times have any of us been in a situation where we have to do something stupid to try to impress uh, our boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, mom, dad, whatever? And that's what Doug was in. And yeah, but they it were was already like dead, so it didn't worst. matter at that point. Well, but I mean, he was there because of that. Yeah, and and self into this to not only save his mother dying from cancer, but to save an entire community and the people under the stairs and the little girl. So, I mean, Doug was just in it for himself. So, I mean, I, I, I'm going to make that argument. I'm sorry. I have, I mean, I have to make that argument. Yeah. I mean, but my argument is if I had to pick between those two, um, and I'm not a big fan of people under the stairs. It doesn't I'm just matter not. if it's a movie. It's about being the final guy. Okay. And that will influence me. But I will say that the guy going for his kid and his family and, and the guy who got stuck in a really shitty family vacation, uh, I'm, I'm going for him. I'm going for Doug. Okay, so I just want to make it clear that the guy going through to the next round is a guy that, you know, just had the situation thrust upon him, but not somebody that would put himself in the situation continuously to help other people. Doug went back to save his baby, and I don't think there can be anything more heroic than going back to save a uh, baby. Some, to your, let me finish. Or let your own. Let, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Um, which I think is the most difficult thing to do because it's a baby. It can't help you at all, in, at all in this situation. It's a super fragile. And to me, that stands out as a more heroic act. Really? I also think Doug just kind of goes yeah, really. through a lot. You know, I just think, like I said earlier, he's like so brutalized, brutalized. He's like in that container of body parts and he still just keeps coming back at them you know you got that scene where he's like pretending to like be like please don't kill me and then he like just like bam and hits him right in the foot with that nail and like he just doesn't give up he becomes like it's just like day and night with him because he's like a basic um kind of I don't even want to say pussy but just a basic white guy like you know salesman person and 
he completely transforms by the end of the film. And I think he is, you know, I don't think he's just in it for himself. Obviously, that is his baby. But I think he is saving the baby because it's his and also to, like, avenge the family. Like, okay, you murdered, like, my wife and half of her family, but you're not going to take our baby, too. Like, there's no way. So I'm not just going to go run away and get the cops. I'm going to... Oh, Rebecca left. She must not have liked my argument. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like, I, I do think it's heroic. And then he comes back and he's got the baby, the dog, and everyone's hugging. And it's like, you know, now those two, the two younger siblings, I feel like, have him now as their backbone to really get out of that situation. So well, I just think... State for the record here, I did not convince anybody, nobody's a pushover. Heather totally Kanye West me and said, I'm gonna let you talk. I'm gonna <laughs> let you finish in a minute. Love it. Love it. That's good. <laughs> no, I, I respect you guys, and you know, I just want to have like the like, I mean, the, it's called Pillow Fight for a goddamn reason, right? So it would be nothing without arguments. All right, right, and Fool is our number five. So we have four left. And let's mix these bad boys up here. All right. We have Alex from Final Destination and Paul from Misery. Hmm. Nikki, let's start with you. Paul versus Alex, right? Yep. Okay, so Paul in Misery, he definitely deserves his spot as a final guy because he was put in this situation that was just like completely random whereas Alex kind of had an advantage because he was given psychic visions. Paul he had to really get strategic with you know the way that he was going to take down Annie Wilkes in this film. But then again, Annie Wilkes was the only person he really had to fight off, where Alex had to fight death off at every single turn. So I think Alex's journey was a little more difficult. So I think he is more deserving of the final guy in this particular battle. So I'm going to go with Alex. Right on. Uh, What about you, Rebecca? Well... Um, Paul is a victim of his own creativity, and that still resonates with me. However, I do feel like Alex, first of all, Alex was young, um, not very world-wise. Paul has had to have dealt with a few, like, stalkers or, you know, crazed fans or something throughout the years. Um, Alex just wanted to go to France. And, um, yeah, he had to figure a lot out. Uh, not just, okay, how do I get out of here, you know, crippled, whatever. He had to actually figure out how to try to save his friends and how, like, and how death was coming at him. So I'm going with Alex. Okay. Carly? All right. Um, yeah, so, you know, Alex definitely had to deal with a scary situation of death coming for him no matter what. And, you know, it's it's scary in the fact that it's more of, the entity of death and not an actual person that you can fight off. So he definitely had that challenge and he was strong to sort of kind of persevere through that, I guess. But I feel like Paul um, had to really 
think a lot out of his situation. Um, I, I think he was really, you know, it, it comes down to, I said earlier, patience. Like, he had to be patient and come up with a scheme while he's, like, helpless and crippled in this crazy woman's house. And he had to do this over a long period of time while she you know, just kept him there, and he knew no one was going to come for him, and he, the only way he was going to survive is if he gets out of there himself, and I think he ends up, you know, being very successful in the end, obviously, and it's because he's got the brains and the strategy to do so, where Alex, I feel like he had a good heart, and he was trying to save his friends, and he was trying really hard to cheat death, but at the end of the day, he didn't really succeed with uh, most of them. So I'm actually going to go with Paul on this one. Carly, all I could think about was when you said, you know, use his, or he's got the brains. All I could think of is uh, Nightmare 2 when Freddy goes, I've got the brains. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad that I put that in your head. <laughs> like, no, like I, lo- like I, I, I just started thinking like, hey, I'm going to insert that clip there. I'm going to go with Alex because I, I hear, I hear what Carly's putting down, but this motherfucker managed to get at least six people off the plane. And like one of them that hated his guts, the plane crashes. And then like, yeah, he's kind of like in the wrong place at the wrong time. And like (laughs) all these people dying, he's not able to stop it. But there's a scene where he falls down a hill and I'm not sure if you guys remember this from the trailer (laughs) and he stops just before a branch. Like, that's right yes. aimed at his eye. And I remember that scene. I was like, fuck yeah, that's impressive. And finally, my final argument to why I choose him is that he did save Claire. If there's anyone that he saved, it was actually clear. Because if he wasn't there, she would have died. So for that heroic act of showing up and going against rain, gasoline, and electricity, I'm going to give it to him. Um, as impressive as Paul was, he didn't really save anyone but himself. So I got to give Alex the point. But bitch, there was no one for him to save but himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, technically, yeah. uh, the like, sheriff. Yeah. Circumstances, you know. circumstances. But Paul, well, like, she blew, yeah. like, she shot a hole through the, you know, deputy or sheriff's chest. And All right, he but opened Paul the door. couldn't really help with that. <laughs> I mean, he No, was, but I'm I saying there was. You saying Paul didn't try hard enough. <laughs> he was down the he was down at the bottom of the fucking stairs. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, crawled back up. You know, like, no, here, let me get that shotgun, Annie. Yeah. <laughs> that scene where he was falling down the hill, didn't the branch actually fall on top of him and he almost drowned in a puddle of water or like a river or something? Yeah. I that- thought it was that he almost ran into his eye, but you could be right. I don't Both. know. I think there, there's happened. two scenes. Yeah. <laughs> That all happens. He did almost drown in a puddle. It was almost, I think I now know where M. Night Shalom got that idea for. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> okay, so just to clarify here, we have two for Paul and two for Alex. Tiebreaker. I like being the tiebreaker. Okay, so yes, Alex was literally trying to defeat death. However, 
uh, I mean, he did figure out, like, Death's design and everything, but at the same time, he did get it wrong. And I don't know why. He also had, like, an extra six months to live there at the end, so he could have done anything, and he decided to go to fucking Paris with the asshole that he was fighting with the entire movie. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely would not want to be vacationing with somebody that was, like, almost killed me on some train tracks. I just think, yes, he did have, you know, the psychic abilities or premonitions or whatever. It's a really cool concept for a movie, but as a final guy, he was helped in that capacity. So the assist Um, with Paul, um, you know, like you guys said, he had to figure out and outsmart her. Um, He figured out ways to get her out of the house, you know, getting the paper. You know, he worked so hard to get the the pills, the sleeping pills, to try to get her to fall asleep. And she knocked over the fucking glass when she was using him. So, like, I mean, he was defeated after defeated, but he still overcame. He overcame his legs getting broken twice. Mm. Um, And once with fucking a sledgehammer. And, you know, Alex technically didn't even survive the sequel. He got hit with a brick. So I am going to go with Paul. All right. Paul Sheldon for the win. Alex is our number four. I'm getting hit with the brick. I just can't get over that. That's like pussy. I don't know. I just picture him being under. Harley would get hit by a brick. (laughs) She'd be throwing the brick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I would become one with the brick. All right. So Paul is going back into the hat here. We have Paul. (laughs) <laughs> versus I hate this fucking name Doug <laughs> no bad name Doug and Keith are like the worst names in the American you know male American names I guess all right Heather let's kick it off with you oh man I was like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck it's like being picked um, to present first in class yeah, it's just, I, um, I'm going to end up going with Doug. I can't get past these fucking, I know we argued last week about mutants and that, you know, they're not like marble mutants, but like, they're pretty fucked up looking people. Uh, and they're cannibals and they're just probably really smelly and gross. Like they rape people and they kill dogs and shit. And I just can't get past the fucking chaos that they cause and the fact that dog gets out with his baby. So I'm I'm going with Doug. Rebecca? I hate his name. I actually hate the name Paul as well. But <laughs> I hate I, I've always hated Paul. <laughs> yeah. Paul, oh, Paul. Paul. Yeah. Uh but I'm gonna go with Doug for the same reason the Heather said. I mean, he had to fight a hell of a lot more people. Um, and he had a lot more at stake. Uh, other people that he was trying to defend, he didn't know if he got out, if he was going to be able to even make it somewhere. Like, at least Paul knew that, like, there was a town nearby, you know, near-ish. So, Doug, Doug, I hate your name, but you're my guy. <laughs> Nikki? I also am going to go with Doug on this one, just because... Doug didn't really know what he was up against when he went to go fight these cannibal mutant people, whereas Paul knew exactly what he was getting himself into. He had time to strategize. He knew exactly how to manipulate Annie so that he could figure out a way to escape. Doug had to act on the fly against multiple people, and his journey was just more, I think hard than Paul's was in the end. So Doug. 
for me. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go Doug as well. Um, I mean, for the reasons that I said last time, I mean, now Doug could still see a sequel. Um, Even though he did get the assist from Ruby and, you know, the other two siblings, he was kind of like a little pussy in the beginning. And he got some balls. And, you know, he beat the dude in the head with a bat. And, um, I mean, he got extremely lucky in some of these situations. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Doug. One thing we didn't mention, too, is that Paul's antagonist had a very personal connection to him. And mm-hmm. so he had an advantage because he knew exactly what she what was going to tap into her weirdness. He had no, Doug had no idea of why these people were even doing what they were doing. So, yeah. Yay, Doug. <laughs> Get a better <laughs> name. <laughs> Carly. <laughs> Well, not that it really matters, but yeah, I mean, I'm going with uh, Mr. Douglas as well. Uh, Although I do think, you know, it is a hard matchup because I think they both had to go through a lot and persevere through their challenges. But I think it really comes down to Paul. All he really needed to worry about was saving himself. Doug, like, is avenging his loved ones and trying to save the loved ones he has left uh you know paul he knows at least his family's fine and dandy like he can die sure and his family will suffer from that emotionally but it's like you know they're safe so he doesn't have to worry about that so yeah definitely doug for this one all right paul is our number three all right we got two left here and so obviously doug is making it to the final round and paxton made it to the final round as well so this should be interesting because I think they're both, uh, you know, somewhat deserving. Um, we're going to start with Carly. Okay, okay. Let me think about this. I mean, uh, you know, the first round I did try to vote Paxton out, uh, but I do think he is a worthy competitor. Um, he's actually one of the, him and Doug were two of the first people I thought of when we were trying to make a list of who we're going to include here uh, because I just watched Hostel, and I, that's just, when you think of a final guy, you think of that movie, because it's three guys, and they're the ones in trouble, as opposed to women, so uh, I think Paxton is um, a very strong character, he gets through a horrible situation, terrifying, like, I can't see myself um, getting out of that, I would probably just be tortured and die, but he uh, manages to get away, Um uh, he's also very hot. I will give him that. Um, <laughs> I, I find him very attractive. But, you know, it comes down to, I said this earlier too, I mean, he does have, he gets very lucky where the guy doing the torturing kind of screws up and slips and bada-bam, bada-bam, he ends up getting the upper hand on him. But then I guess you can kind of argue that for Doug too, now that you guys mentioned it, where um, he gets assisted by Ruby, especially at the very end, because he probably would have been screwed there. But uh, what it comes down to, I think I'm still going to have to go with Doug because Paxton does end up kind of, you know, getting destroyed in the sequel. And he does have the uh, very lucky advantage that happens in the first movie. And I just feel... Like, I feel like Doug would have more smarts to get out of the situations because Paxton's kind of that douchey character who gets thrown into this. And Doug was kind of like, he was kind of a pussy, but he was also obviously a brainy guy. So I feel like he could probably, 
attack more of these mutated people and maybe survive. So I'm going to go with Doug. All right, I'm going to go um, because I need to counteract everything Carly just said. Wow, I'm leaving. <laughs> Prepare to be hit with a pillow. Mm, go okay. on. Um, no, um, I believe that Doug should not win, not only because of his stupid fucking name, but... He was in this situation, you know, they were both put into these situations going on vacation. He, if it wasn't for his, uh, the baby, he probably would have just, like, fucking ran away. Honestly. Um, I don't think he would have stayed in hope. Like, he didn't even want to go look for, um, a phone or the gas station when the dad asked him to in the beginning. And if it wasn't for his baby, I don't think he would have had any motivation to save anybody but himself. Um, and also, he would be dead if Ruby had not, uh, like... Cliff dived to kill herself. She is the one who saved the baby, not him, in my opinion. Um, he got extremely lucky in a lot of those situations. He didn't do a whole lot to outsmart them. Um, he hid, like, one time. Um, aside from that, I don't really see what he did to outsmart them. As in with Paxton, yes, Paxton did get lucky because the guy was a dumbass. However, Paxton knew the language, and, um, you know, he is trying to barter with the guy that his captor in German, um, and you never really know what he's saying, but, you know, he's obviously pleading for it, and then the guy comes and he puts a ball gag on him. He also, um, you know, he was really smart. He put on the clothes to make it look like he was one of them. He hit under dead bodies, um, you know, and obviously it was a really traumatizing event, you know, seeing his best friend that he he went into, you know, find him and then had to, you know, outsmart, and he went back for the girl, and he has that final moment like he didn't have to go back and save her but he did that so not only does that make him a final guy that makes him a fucking hero regardless of whether she killed herself 10 minutes later or not he also got revenge on the guy that fucking killed his best friend um in the best way possible now obviously i'm a big advocate if you didn't make the sequel you shouldn't be you know considered however i believe that this was a world of cult people and there was no escaping that he was gonna gonna die regardless and the sequel they up security because he was the one who escaped so he is very much in my opinion the ultimate final guy heather you know i don't like paxton at all i think he's a fucking prick i thought he was a prick at the beginning of the movie i thought he kind of redeemed himself at the end but fuck Lacey makes a good point even if i remove my emotional feelings about paxton and i look at the soul situations as one being international and one being local in the united states if you're in the united states and you're an american you can get away from the situation that doug was in probably find some sheriff nearby that's going to help you and believe you that these crazy fucked up people live there and um, you'll probably be able to get some help. When you're in another fucking country, though, Rebecca was smart enough when she went backpacking, as we know that she didn't <laughs> run into this situation. Um, you really are at the mercy of the laws and the regulations. And I do believe, not to this extent, but I do believe that people, this shit happens. Um, and, I, and I do think, uh, we mentioned before about Americans and Canadians, and Americans are treated differently. Um, I've been places where I've been asked, are you American or Canadian? And if I say Canadian, the treatment is different. So there is a dislike for Americans in some places. So I think this movie touched more on the real side too. 
And the fact that he went back for some chick that he didn't even know, like I get Doug going back for his baby, totally makes sense. But to go back for a chick that you don't even know when you were scot-free says something. And um, it, this is a hard call for me, uh, but I'm going to go with Paxton. Woo woo. May I, just say, may I just say that I don't know if they would have been able to really get out of the desert alive in Hills Have Eyes because those people were going to come back for them. And yeah, but they were they still in the United States, though. Like, <laughs> that, that, that's the argument. Right? USA. Like, USA. Like, honestly, like, from someone who's gone to the States, when you're a foreigner in another country, you don't have much fucking rights. You have whatever rights people provide to you. Mm-hmm. And I I agree with you, Carly. I think this I think it's tight. Like honestly, I, tomorrow I could change my argument and go the other way. Well, like, honestly, guys, all it would take is one car to drive fucking by and pick them up. Do you yeah. see any cars driving by, Lacey? It could mm-hmm. fuck. Well, they and drove the, by. Was, and, they and fucking the one drove by because they were stupid and they took the wrong road. Ooh, let's take a shortcut. Well, I'm but, sure there are more dumb fucks out there. Hence the sequel. The gas station guy keeps telling them to go that way, and then they find all those cars because every dumb fuck that goes that way ends up, like, stranded. So the people that yeah, go but, that way will probably get blown up. Yeah, but now he just killed them all, so there's no longer a threat at that moment. I know. Where there's always that constant threat with Paxton. Mm. I don't I just don't think these mutated people are going to give them much rights either, Heather. That's right. Just- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I but for someone that's traveled to other countries and been like I went to Cuba, man, and I went on a bus tour to Havana. And let me fucking tell you, this is before you guys could go to Cuba. So this is when Americans were still banned. And they know that you're from fucking Canada or Britain and they know you have money. And it was there were places I went that I felt super uncomfortable and that I was super glad that I was around other people because and that was and that was Cuba. Right. Like, so I'm, I'm just saying that when you're in when you're in a foreign country, you're at the mercy to hopefully good enough people there who aren't going to take your passport and pretend like you don't exist anymore. And that's that's the factor for me tonight that is pushing Paxton over. But I I validate your arguments, Carly. Absolutely. I just can't get past that foreign piece. Um, for me personally. And he had no assist. He did it on his own. And he, yeah, Rebecca. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't think I'd be torn about this one, but listening to you guys. um, So my original argument against Paxton is, hey, I've been in that situation where, you know, you go to a foreign country and, you know, you're young and, and you're going to places where, you know, this kind of shit can happen and he and his friends didn't have their guard up. They just didn't. Uh, so, but, you know, if you get yourself in a stupid situation, does it really mean that you getting yourself out of it is like any less of a feat? Uh, I, you know, I, I think the situation just, this is what it all comes down to. I think the situation that Paxson was in was more fucked up. Um, and inescapable than the hills have eyes. Uh, there were more places to hide or like options that he had. He was only like focused on the baby. He let everybody else fucking die. Uh, I I can't believe I'm gonna say this. I'm going with Paxton on this. Wow. I I can't believe it, but yeah. Now he did not let everybody else fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> well, he left, he left oh. them there. He left them there. Why didn't they go with him? You know, they're kind of pussies too. 
Oh, no, I don't think he let everyone else die. Doug didn't do that. He just wasn't as impressive of what he overcame. Right. He just, well, okay. He just didn't, he didn't really prevent anyone else from dying except for his kid. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going Paxton. <laughs> going Paxton. Nikki? Yeah. So I saw both of these films in the theater and both of them, I couldn't stop thinking about after I watched them. That's how impactful that they were on me. And both of these guys deserve their place on this list 100%. With Hostel, what you were saying, Heather, that I like got chills when you were talking about that because after I saw this film, it was like on a soul level, I just knew that something like this was taking place like in the world I feel like it has I don't obviously don't have proof of that but I feel like it has and I thought about this movie so much after I watched it and I know that Paxton is an unlikable character but I think that's also what made him more real in the sense of watching this film and seeing all the things that he went through and you also get kind of that backstory a little bit with him and the trauma that he went through from having gone through that so i'm gonna have to go with paxton as well all right so we have four for paxton and uh one dud i mean dud with uh carly. <laughs> you stood your ground though carly you stood yeah, your ground he did. i did i did not cave and i am proud no. take That's that everybody funny. And Doug is a worthy, you know, and as I said, tomorrow I could have thought something different, but so where I think stand today. So good arguments, so Carly. Uh, I think good you argument. chose right. And <laughs> no, nobody's dead to me on this one, so it's all good. All right, so we have our official top ten final guys, guys. <laughs> uh, number ten, Andy Barkley. Number nine, Charlie Brewster. You're so cool, Brewster. Eight, uh, <laughs> Michael from The Lost Boys. Seven, Chris from Get Out. Six, McCready from The Thing. Five, Fool from The People Under the Stairs. Four, Alex from Final Destination. Three, Paul from Misery. Two, Douchebag Doug from The Hills Have Eyes. And number one, our number one final guy is Paxton from Hostel. What do you guys think of our list? Did any of it surprise you guys at all? I'm shocked that Paxton's number one, but it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, me too. <laughs> man carly's like mad and shit now i'm really afraid to go to the states and see carly i may not come back no, uh, you might not i might take that passport <laughs> take that passport in pennsylvania heather um yeah I, i'm surprised i'm glad i am really glad that chris is on this list from get out though i'm it's nice to see someone from more recent years on this list right yeah. well i mean a lot of them are kind of recent yeah, but Chris I mean, is pretty recent. It's like late 2000s, and that's nice to see. Yeah, 2017, True. right? Yeah. The yeah. oldest one on the list is what, McGrady? Or. I bet Fright Night? Is Fright Night before? No, uh, Fright Night. No, yeah. I think it's 81 or 82. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I was just going to say, like, I, I did say Paxton and Doug were the two that I thought of first when making this list. So I am happy that the final results was those two being at the top. So. Overall, I think we made a good list and we're awesome. Who just cracked a beer? <laughs> Did somebody say beer? Rebecca's beer to the list. No, actually, that was uh, Rob Mello from Happy Death Day cracking a Samuel Adams 
Wicked Easy Light and Hazy Lager. That is like the it longest actually, name of beer I've ever It is fucking. actually the coolest looking can I've seen in a long time. Huh. <laughs> hey, All right. Becky, is he the guy doing that Tin Roof movie? He is. <laughs> he wrote it. I'm directing it, yes. Oh my goodness. And we even have some French Canadians. All right, guys. Well, that concludes this segment of Pillow Fight. When we come back, we are going to be talking about our feature presentation, The House on Sorority Row. Get your gun ready. (laughs) A certain kind of girl joins Pi Theta Sorority. A girl who likes to party and likes to get close to her friends. A girl whose extracurricular activities were more daring than most. A girl who could turn her fantasies into reality. One more fling won't set us back any. Then again, Pi Theta was different from other sororities. I'll get back at you for the last thing I do! Because in this sorority, nothing is off limits. As long as it's fun for the girls. So when it came time to say goodbye, they decided to make real sure that no one would ever forget the girls. In the house on Sorority Row. And now, our feature presentation. And now we are back with our feature presentation of this slumber party. And this time we chose a little movie that, um, we, like I said, we wanted to keep it prank-themed since it is the month of April. Uh, but I didn't want to go with the, you know, obvious of 
April Fool's Day. And I've never actually seen this movie. So, and you guys all agree. So we are covering The House on Sorority Row. Now, had you guys seen this before or? I had, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I got to see it in theater as well. Oh, of course you did. I know that's kind of going to be a running theme probably where I've just seen (laughs) every movie we talk about in the theater because I've seen over 100 at this point. Classic movies, that is. Very nice. Yeah, but that was was fun. We were, I think we were the only people in the the audience. It was really sad. It was at a movie theater that was like a classic 1920s theater and it was awesome and people would come all the time and then it got bought out by a second run place and everyone stopped going and they did that they did a night with house on sorority row i think that was the only movie then they did one with amityville four and six which we went to as well and then they did this other random one with sweet 16 and the covenant which we only stayed for sweet 16 but i think every night we were the only people me and jp were the only two in there if oh, not, man, if like I was the only others. people in the theater, I would be watching the fucking movie, I'll tell you that much. Hey, Perhaps <laughs> 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 with Sorority you know. Road, did they do oh, like a popcorn thing where they gave you like prop guns and canes? <laughs> no, they, they did not. They gave us expired Twizzlers. Um, oh. so. Expired Twizzlers. No, Heather, yeah. you actually bring up a good point. Uh, since this is uh, the slumber party, have any of you guys ever got busy in a movie theater? What? Well, we didn't hear that, Heather, but you need Speak to up. say that again. Speak up. Oh, I would love to fuck in a movie theater. <laughs> I haven't had the opportunity yet. Carly, you missed out. I would love to bang in a movie theater. I've I, given the opportunity. I absolutely would. Maybe on the reclining seats, but I, I don't, don't think. It. No, doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. I feel, I, like, think... I feel like the theaters around me are always dirty, so I think I would be a little grossed no, out, like. So you just treat it the same way. <laughs> Nikki, what about you? And you just try uh, to get over with and not think about the floor. I um never got busy in one, but I have fooled around in one before. Never got busy though. <laughs> Rebecca? Grandma sluts forever. God, like the movie theater was the only place where we could go and like, you know, fuck around. Come on. In my stupid yeah. town with one screen. I saw Days of Thunder like fucking like that seven was the movie times. I was expecting you to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, she was making her own thunder. thunder yeah. 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 So we, we ran in that theater for like three weeks while I was in the midst of like a very, you know, hot and heavy teenage romance. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, I fucked around <laughs> in a fucking theater. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I have never had sex in one. Uh, Dan is not going to want to hear this at all. But um, yes, um, I did give a hand job once in a theater. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, yeah, I ain't set, made, but no down on Dave Coulier in a theater. So. <laughs> yeah, I think it was and... 38. Why the fuck not? What do I have to lose? Wouldn't that be no. hilarious getting kicked Dude. out at fucking 38, ma'am? <laughs> Heather. Don't you we, have a house? <laughs> Heather, we are making, we are making, fuck, 2022, Grandma Sluts Forever. That's fuck right. Two, we are going to do all the shit <laughs> that you need to do. Mm. That's right. I, if I do that, I'm videoing myself getting kicked out of the theater. 
posting it to our page. Oh, no, oh, no, honey. We'll find some 18-year-old kid who's going to videotape it for us. Now, <laughs> that's something people would pay for Patreon. <laughs> Carly? Um, are we still asking if I got fucked in the theater? Yeah, or fooled around. Um, <laughs> or if you fucked yeah, I, early, either one. You got fucked or you fucked somebody. Either way. Or a hand job counts as well. Or yeah. she go acceptable. down on you in a theater. <laughs> I think I think I uh, made out with my high school boyfriend in one when I was in ninth grade, and I've had I've definitely had my titties fondled in one, but no, I've not fucked or done anything done anything super like hand jobby in a theater. That's like the most I've done. And this has just became my favorite conversation that we've oh done. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. I had my titties fondled. <laughs> I, I it's so easy to just like touch somebody. But I want to Like guys, I want to like make this shit like a porn. I like, was going to say that that conversation audio only. We could put that on OnlyFans that make a shit ton of money, girl. <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> is that all it takes? I can okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had my titties fondled, but I didn't do anything hand jobby in a theater. <laughs> well, hey, uh, to be fair, the guy did put uh, his coat over, so mm. that way if anybody came, aside from what him, it looked like there was looking for change. Yeah, like, oh, no, I was just rubbing the leg. Yeah. The third one. Really, uh, really quickly. <laughs> really exciting. He dropped the yeah, expired. It was the first time I ever did anything like that. I was, like, 14. Oh, <laughs> you get it now. You would, you guys would be like, oh fuck yeah. You guys want to watch? Anyone want to record? Make some money? Exactly. Huh? <laughs> I don't even remember what movie it was. You like what you see? You like what you see? Yeah. Uh-huh. You're not paying attention to the movie no more, are you, motherfucker? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, let's pay attention to the movie at hand here, guys. <laughs> we all know I'm good at at hand, but um. <laughs> All right, so I really didn't know what to expect going into this. I thought that um, I knew that it was that Sorority Row was loosely based off of this, so I thought it was going to be kind of like a similar plot, you know. Um, And it is a little bit, but then again, not at all. (laughs) So um, that opening sequence when she yells, it's the most extra no I've ever heard, aside (laughs) from the man with two brains. She's like... No. Uh, <laughs> or or the guy who's getting rolled over with the steamroller in Austin Powers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was not expecting that. I was like, what? What? We're getting backstory right now that obviously doesn't go a whole lot in depth with, but um, through the movie. Um, what were your guys' initial thoughts on the movie? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Was it so bad it's good? Heather? I like the girls. I'll be honest. I, I actually kind of like their uh, their kinship. So uh, Katie, Vic, Vicky, Liz, Jeannie, Diane, Morgan, and Stevie. I um I dug their relationship. I even got why they were pissed off with Mrs. Slater. I thought she was kind of being a bitch. Uh, I, I can kind of appreciate how the prank went too far and, and their attempts to cover it up. And there's, <laughs> and there's some funny shit in it. Like when they're pushing that garbage sh- fucking dump thing down the street <laughs> i thought that was funny um the ending always confuses me i feel like the last 15 minutes really lose it for me 
I'm really kind of digging it a lot up to those last 15 minutes. I don't think the last 15 minutes are bad um, per se. I just, I still watched it this time and maybe you guys can explain to me why the killer was wearing what they were wearing. Um, so I didn't, I didn't get the reference. So, uh, <laughs> or why that was a thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I dig the girls and that's what really sells this movie for me. Nikki? Yeah, I thought this movie was absolutely hilarious. I don't think I've laughed this hard at a movie in a really long time. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> the scene where uh, Mrs. Slater, she can hear that couple having sex in the bedroom. <laughs> takes her chain in there and you think she's gonna stab them instead she stabs the water <laughs> and just like you know like completely like implodes and <laughs> um I think my favorite character in the film was um the guy that I think the main the girl I think her name was Katie she had a blind date with I think his name was Peter I think but like that was like the worst blind date I think anyone could ever hoped to go on and like when I saw him I was like he's probably the killer I mean he's like he jumped right on that tricycle and he was riding around it like trying to like, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, yeah be the killer <laughs> but yeah it was a fun movie I enjoyed it okay well I've seen this a few dozen times um <laughs> and I don't know if any of you again grandma sluts forever uh, if any of you have been uh, fans of the daytime soaps, but uh, Vicky actually uh, played Ashley Newman Abbott uh, in The Young and the Restless. Eileen Davidson. Uh, Eileen Davidson, that's right. Uh, for many, many years. So this was always like, to me, it was like the dumb movie that Ashley did. Um, <laughs> it was my frame of reference. It is so ridiculous, and I'm glad that someone else said that the the ending and the 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 clown thing is just a little off-putting like it doesn't go with the rest of the movie and neither does the beginning um it's like bookends that are like made for some other movie uh but the oh my god the idiocy of these girls and this stupid prank i fucking love it <laughs> 100%. Yeah, um, I, you know, I, I thought the same thing when, and I know Nikki did too, because she was like, did you know Ashley from, did you know that was Ashley from um, Young and the Restless? Because we would watch that show growing up all the time with our mom. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but she was also on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for a couple seasons. Was she? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. And it is, like, she has one of the funniest uh, fights with uh, uh, Kim Richards, Kyle Richards' sister, you know, Lindsay Wallace, because they're both on that as well. Um, but she has a fight on it. and or she, Well, the Kim Richards is fighting with Lisa Renna, and Lisa Renna's best friends with I- Eileen. And uh, <laughs> Eileen tries to, like, interject to Kim, Rich- uh, Kim Richards, and <laughs> Kim Richards looks at her, and she goes, Be quiet, you beast. <laughs> and she calls Eileen Davidson a beast. And <laughs> the look on her face, Eileen Davidson goes, Beast? <laughs> it is literally the funniest fucking I work, thing ever. I work at Chabot Perfumery. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah. Um, and she's also married to, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vince 
Van Patten. Um, he's a poker player. So I followed her for a while. So it was cool to see her in this for sure. Um, I thought it was fucking hilarious as well. Um, I love the fucking weapon of choice, which is the cane. And uh, <laughs> I, I was not expecting that because, um, you know, in Sorority Row, it's a tire iron. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the prank was definitely not at all what I was expecting expecting not at all not in any capacity like it's in broad daylight mind you (laughs) and they're basically forcing her mrs slater because she's pissed that she ruined her fucking water bed and while she was fucking (laughs) did she call her trollops too that's a valid thing to be mad about she's canceling their party and she fucked up the water bed right heather grandma sluts we'd be all over that yeah i'd be like well and i believe she called her a trollop like Mm, yes, yes. Can we change your guys' name to Grandma Trollops forever? Uh, I still like Grandma Sluts better. Uh, I, like Grandma. I know. It, it just defines our identity better. <gasps> Maybe you can be a junior Trollop. It's the second tier of the Slumber Party podcast. Wow. Junior Trollops forever. That's right. There you go. Now that's you and Nikki. Now Carly has to be like, I I got my boobs fondled in a theater. I'm still the young and frisky one. <laughs> no, but boobs forever. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, but it is fun, and I think she actually had uh the best death in the film as well. Yeah, I think it, just the whole thing with the prank too is just funny because even if it was just like turn out to be a haha funny prank we got you the end like they would be in they would be fucked like they'd be in so much trouble just for having a gun and there's just nothing uh these pranks in these movies just crack me up um these older (laughs) movies they never they're just always so like let's almost accidentally kill somebody i'm sure there could be nothing wrong with that like what is your (laughs) what do you think the end result's gonna be here so between uh, this and slaughter high like, they've got, like, the worst quote-unquote pranks ever. Well, I mean, then you also have the final exam where they do a whole oh, school yes. shooting. So that's, right, <laughs> that's right. up there. That delightful, like, terrorist. I haven't movie. seen that movie either, you guys. So thanks for the spoiler. I'm oh, sorry. No, no, Lacey, watch more movies, plot. Lacey. Lacey, that's <laughs> the plot of the movie. Harley's bringing the claws out. You I know. gotta watch more movies. <laughs> Harley's is. like, I'm done with being next. Uh, Hello Fight <laughs> was last segment, Carly. <laughs> Chill the fuck out before okay. Grandma Slut hits you with her cane. <laughs> oh. No, no, I can't even find my cane now. Some kids took it in three people. <laughs> no, my favorite part was that they have the illusion of the cane later, and it just, like, spinning in the air. Like, what the fuck is happening in this movie? That whole part, that's never really resonated with me. I always thought that was just weird like the very very odd um not a big fan of the final girl either if i'm being completely honest i just yeah. think she's kind of like oh no she doesn't really do much she's super bland and no one yeah. like <laughs> you watch it because personally what i like okay so so they pull off that stupid prank i agree with you carly it's always to the extreme we're gonna pretend that i'm gonna shoot somebody i'm gonna get this fake gun i'm gonna make this old woman go into this filthy disgusting fucking pool she dies or they think she dies or whatever the case is and they they put her in the water and they're like all right time to have the party like it's just so absolutely (laughs) ridiculous and then throughout the whole night they're all like giving each other the eye like which is different than the remake because i think Lacey, you've seen the remake or the Uh readaptation yeah so it's very different the relationship between the girls and that one this one they all kind of even vicky seems like she feels kind of guilty like not over the top guilty but like a little bad at points 
That part is um, funny, too. To be too, fair, Grandma uh, Slut Slater actually caused her own demise. Yeah. No, no, no. She's uh, she's great Granny Slater. Don't, mm. put, her, don't put her into Grandma Slut. She's way well, older. she looks like great one. Granny. Well, what do no. you mean? So when you're that old, you don't want to be a great Granny Slut now? Oh, man, I she's not a slut. She, she's like a great granny bitch. What do you mean? She's given birth at the beginning of the fucking movie. Somebody fucked her. Yeah, but <laughs> that automatically yeah. makes you a Maybe slut. If she was getting yeah. That's not make, it, number one, that doesn't make you a slut. Number two, by this point in time, she ain't getting fucked by nobody. She's just being a bitch. She's a great well, granny bitch. Somebody took her baby. No, well, they didn't take her baby. I thought, I thought she had the kid. She and had the kid. No, because that's why she was like, where's my baby? And then, like, the yeah. doctor just looks at her for, like, a really long time, like, it didn't fucking make it. And that's why so, this movie's really fucking confusing. But then confusing. she closes the house down early because her son comes and visits her or something. I don't because fucking her, know. Did, her baby had her. Yes, it's so weird. She did have the baby, but she had fertility drugs that were experimental from that doctor. And they both knew the risk and blah, blah, blah. So she had the baby, but then she had the baby in the house, and then he just lives in the attic, like, except for, like, his birth month or something. <laughs> so all the girls have to get out by June 12th, which is his birthday, or or he, because he, I guess he gets to go frolic around the house dressed like a clown. <laughs> this is the best I can come up with. I've seen this infinitely more than any of you. <laughs> Listen, no, that part, I know it's weird that he's dressed like that, but that is some of the creepiest shit ever. It when was he, fucking creepy. Like, and, and I think it's just, I always chalked it up to he, like, was born with, you know, mental problems, so he, that's just kind of his, like, shtick. Well, like, I never really mother? thought too much into it. He's Nikki, like, what's your description of this ending? <laughs> I was actually really confused by the ending, but it's probably because it was the first time I ever saw the film. And I was curious as to how the the killer in the, the Joker costume got back to that position when she had left the killer down in the basement, unless there was like a secret passage in the wall I didn't know about, or I was just like confused as to how he got back up there. But that scene was really unsettling, and I, I agree, I think that was one of the most scary scenes in the film when he like just comes out of the wall or when like uh his voice starts sounding like a great did you, did you guys hear that too did he nikki's, talk no nikki's voice was getting all crazy yeah. as she was yeah. saying that yeah okay thank you <laughs> yeah I, was, oh, I didn't notice that i'm like whoa <laughs> i was like yes master <laughs> this for effect for the the climax of the film yeah, it's a better climax <laughs> in the film. Um, I I honestly, like, the one scene that I thought was funny of this, so there's, like, this Morgan chick, and she's in, so she passes out because stuff falls on her. She wakes up, they wake her up with booze, and they're like, of course she'd wake up right. with booze. Or she wakes up and she wants a drink, I'm like, I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> I feel that in my bones. And oh, then... And then she, like, pieces out and changes into fucking pajamas while the party's still hopping. Like, they had a motherfucking band downstairs. I would not be changing into my pajamas. I'd be going back down to the party. Like, I I didn't get that scene of why she put in on pajamas. I never I mean, understand that shit in movies. Ever. Okay, that, okay yeah. that might be where you transition to full grandma slut. 
Because there's nothing better than like flaking out from a party when you get old. Oh, see, I so just Heather, want to... I need to, I need to get you to that part. <laughs> oh man, I'm not there yet. Yoga pants, yoga pants, a glass of wine in your own bed. You're like those motherfuckers can do whatever the fuck they want. I'm happy here. I always think that with um Friday, the first Friday the 13th, when they're playing strip monopoly, and she's like, oh, I think I left my windows yeah. open, so I have to go over there, and we have to cancel, we have killed. to cancel the yeah. whole game. Because I can't come back over. Like, it's over. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I've got yeah. my clothes. I can't possibly like, put my clothes on and all that shit. It's just like, oh, my God. I don't want to see either of you naked. I'm leaving. Right. <laughs> now, did you guys think that like it was like a whodunit the first time you were watching it? Because I totally was trying to guess who the fuck Eric was. Like, <clears throat> um, I totally thought it was the lead singer of that silly band. <laughs> Ooh, that would have been good. Dude, yeah, that like, I mean, it kept like, it haircut. kept... It kept, like, cutting to him a lot. So I was like, maybe they're trying to tell me something. Maybe they're trying to tell me something. <laughs> like, so. I thought it was the creepy blind date guy that was the weirdest yeah. fucking awkward man I've ever met. Like, hi there. I'm going to follow you up to your room. Oh, my God, a dead bird. And she's oh my just God, like, you need to go downstairs. Go downstairs. No, you need to go downstairs. <laughs> it's fucking awkward. Okay, oh I don't God. know if you guys watch, like, riff tracks. There's some of the guys who were on Mystery Science Theater 3000. They did a version of this. And um, right before we picked this movie, I watched it on Riff Tracks. And then right before we did the show, I watched it. Um, but it, you need to watch that because a lot of what we're saying is exactly what they're saying <laughs> during the movie. I mean, uh, yeah, the, the creepy dude, the blind date dude, he is like, he's so weird. But, like, awkwardly weird. And another thing that I've always thought, and I, I was verified with that, is that that main girl, our final girl, looks like a low-rent Kristen Stewart. Totally. Yeah. Mm. Totally. Yeah, I could agree. And they also called that band Even Cheaper Trick. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that, that is the best. Yes. Oh, man. Now, this movie, it actually had some really fun fucking deaths in it, though. Um, one thing that, like, always bugs me in a movie, like, you'll hear me talk about it a shit ton, is off-screen kills. I fucking hate it. However, there's an off-screen kill in this movie, and I'm completely okay with it. And it's because it does the shadow, and you can see what's actually fucking happening, because it's a shadow shot. And it's not just, like, oh, they died, cut away. You know what I mean? Anybody? Mm. I'm trying to remember that one. It's been a while since I've seen it. Uh, my weakness with like reviewing slashers is for some reason I forget all the kills. Like that's not never something I focus yes! on for some reason. Yes, I will know every little bit of backstory about. I, I'll know the parents' names of yeah, the dumb, forty yeah. <laughs> bitch. But then when it comes down to the kills, I'm like, uh, yeah, there's blood or something. Well, what about the head in the fucking toilet, guys? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was a, yeah. That. I, I just feel as though I remember more the conversation about them pushing the dumpster, running into the cop car, <laughs> the cop getting out, having an awkward conversation with them and driving away. And I know one of them runs back and dies. Like, she runs to the gate, runs into the killer, runs into the house, and then I blank out. So I guess that's... I know the friend falls out of the car because she's like, what are you doing? You're taking too long. And she like falls out. I remember that part. Right. And I remember the end with the weird ass clown. 
and the head in the toilet and Eric killing the guy, the kid, um, the the blind date that came back for some weird fucking reason, the guy that doesn't <laughs> give up. Um, but yeah, at least I don't remember that. Probably because I now, on all fairness, I did watch it like a little while. Yeah, so I didn't get yeah, I didn't yeah. get a chance to rewatch it, so that could be the issue. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I remember or... the dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I remember the stupid stuff, like the part where they're all staring at each other at the party, looking super suspicious, and it like pans to every single one of them with their date. And I'm like, that someone's got to be like, what the hell? Are, what, what's wrong? Why are you all looking at each other? But I, but yeah, I don't remember the kills in this, you know, slasher movie. So. Which says that you remember. Obviously, what's more memorable is the jokes and the dialogue. Mm-hmm. The kills put in to just make it a slasher movie but when they're in the kitchen having that stupid awkward dialogue about you know maybe miss slater's alive and somehow but what if she isn't todd <laughs> she <laughs> crawled herself out of the pool and is living somewhere in the fucking woods <laughs> to take revenge on them like it's it's just funny weighted like, down with towels everybody <laughs> that's the best thing you can do to weight down a body so I guess when they made this movie, they were like, "We'll make." I I don't. I almost at times thought this was a satire. Like at times, <laughs> like is this, is this going down satire ro- like role? Like it's just so silly. And um, I would watch it again though because I just oh, yeah. find characters just so endearing and just so ridiculous. And um, except for that last that 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 ending, I just don't get why he was wearing a clown outfit. Like I don't get why. Because we get no indication about the clowns leading up to that, did we? Like, did he play with clowns? I I don't recall. Well, there was a Jack in the Box. Yeah. That's what that was supposed to be representative of. And he uses the Jack in the Box to distract the girl. Yeah. And maybe at that point in time, like, you know, you have to do the Wayback Machine thing that clowns are more associated with children than they are now like now it would be like oh he'd be dressed like spongebob or something i i I think clowns were like more like what you know kids in the 60s or 70s maybe would have been oriented to like the punch and judy like because they saw like the punch doll right i think that's the only thing that kind of tells you maybe that's like the only toy he had that had any kind of human traits i just think he's yeah that's a good point yeah okay i i go with the yeah i go with that Lacey. i think i remember the scene you're talking about now the shadow are you talking about the scene under the pool where uh, the chick gets killed when she's going to go turn off the pool lights yes yes fuck it finally came back to me really think about it grandma's blood's getting dementia now i know i was hard i had to take my pills and then i was (laughs) there we go um but yeah i remember that senior and you're right that was an effective scene absolutely well thank probably one of the better scenes the only one i remember (laughs) well you didn't remember it five minutes ago but at least i came to my memory (laughs) what does that say it eventually came to her pills yeah <laughs> let it go all yeah. right guys i want to talk about the actual prank um you kind of oh. touched about it but let's actually like get into depth uh, of how eccentric 
this plan uh, was executed. So uh, basically the idea, like Vicky, um, you know, Ashley Newman decides to have a prank and she's got a good one. Um, They're like, oh yeah, let's do one last hurrah. And then like it cuts away and it doesn't tell you, like they don't tell you what they're going to be doing as a prank. It just goes to the prank. Um, Right, we're going to put like super glue on the toilet seat. We're going to egg her a car no we're gonna get a gun and and we're gonna pretend to kill her yay i'm gonna learn how to shoot with my boyfriend yeah first so i can make sure that i can fake shoot properly (laughs) (laughs) but she's a natural heather well what what really confuses me is all right so they get you know um mrs slater out there and she somehow shoots her friend or pretends that she shoots her friend. And the point was to get her into the water, I guess, the, that shitty pool water. Yeah. Um, fire and stuff, which, why did you need to pretend shoot your friend? I, like, yeah. Just like threaten to put, shoot her. And like, she's slowly getting into the water. It's fucking hilarious. But yeah, so she pretends to shoot her. And then the fucking Mrs. Slater comes out of the pool and, and, hits her with a cane and then all of a sudden the gun now has real bullets there was one real bullet i think Mm -hmm. wasn't that the explanation uh that she didn't know about that's the stupidest fucking thing i've ever heard yes i I mean i've i've heard really stupid things but yes Lacey, this is top 10 stupidest fucking (laughs) things i've ever heard (laughs) but then it like blows her back into the pool and then they drag her out of the pool And then they, <laughs> just then they wrap her up and put her back in the pool. Right. <laughs> they just want to wrap her up. They put her in towels, not like, you know, uh, cinder blocks, you know, anything like that. No, go get some towels to weight her down. So we can go party. <laughs> she just goes, oh, yes, so we can have our graduation party. We can disco. Yeah, her body just literally floated back to the top of the water. <laughs> So, yeah, defeat the purpose of hiding her. <laughs> then they're like, oh, oh shit, the pool life. <laughs> what a flaw to our plan. Yeah, we gotta go shut them off. Um, Dude, we were totally, like, in a groove. And then... But they still... <laughs> here's the thing with the girls, too. They still really try to keep the party together. Like, right. they could just be like, everybody go the fuck home. No, no, no. They're like, okay... Let's just keep this going. Well, if none of the other sorority houses were shutting down, why not just move the party to one of theirs? Or one of the frat houses, right? Because the frat <laughs> houses, there'd be like, a sorority would go, hey, can we have a party at your frat house? And they'd be like, well, fuck yeah, you can. I mean, you know. The decorations were ridiculous as well. It looked like a 12-year-old's birthday party or yes. like... Something yeah. like, in at least like in the sorority <laughs> updated one, they have like a foam party or bubble bath. Like, I feel like they utilized that scene really well. Or the scenery in the remake so much better than they did in this one. <laughs> but we then graduate, just... thus we have streamers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so true. We went and got some streamers and this local band is going to play randomly right. <laughs> for us. <laughs> And I'm sorry, watch it again, and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, it is Even Cheaper Trick. It really is. Even Cheaper Trick is Who the Who I thought was the killer. <laughs> <laughs> it was Even Cheaper Trick. Oh, my God. What? Even Cheaper Trick all along. 
<laughs> I think that would have been a better movie. Oh, Carly, that would have been a really great joke. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Guys, technically, it still could be because we don't really know who's behind the goddamn mask. Oh, that's true. True. It's true. But how did he pull off those murders while he kept playing? Look at the it band was, played was, on the entire Maybe he was night. taking a five a five E like we do and <laughs> in between segments. Oh, yeah. Blood all on him. It, it was the <laughs> the vibes of his guitar was they were like uh possessing someone else to do the murders, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if we're going Scooby Doo on this. <laughs> or there was some dude. There was some dude who never should have been born dressed as a clown in the attic. There we go. That yeah. sounds more plausible, yes. yes. Well, why was he killing, like, people that weren't involved in the prank? Like, like the dude that comes out and he's like, Bobby? And then he gets a pole to the throat? Well, that <laughs> any, I think that happens in all these dick. movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will, I will say that one thing that I think that's kind of missing, they didn't really, like, come up with is... Something happens to him, like, around his birthday. Like, the doctor is saying, like, no, you can't just go on doing this. Like, there's this, like, weird vague thing that, like, around his birthday, he has some kind of weird meltdown thing. And there's no logic to it. Uh, It's just, like, he goes off the wall, so she needs to get everybody out of the house, let her kid just go, woo! And then everybody can come back, which is dumb, I know. But I think that's the idea is just no one else needs to be in the house, like, in this certain time period. Yeah, and even Because the fertility drugs kind of fucked him up for, like, two weeks out of every year. Only (laughs) two weeks, though. That's pretty good. Like, in the ratio of how many weeks a year? Like, he's not too fucked up all yeah, the time. Yeah, it's like June 12th to, you know. <laughs> That's just a rough day. time for him. What you were know? you saying, Nikki? Uh, yeah, they even made him wear, like, you know, dog tags. Call this number if you... I the metal alert. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was for uh, Grandma Trollope. <laughs> <laughs> really did i thought that was i missed that (laughs) well and and that's what they want you to think at the beginning when he's like saying you can't do this you know like we knew the the risks blah blah blah. you're supposed to think it's about her Mm. like she's taken some kind of drug or like she's had some kind of surgery uh so you're it's supposed to throw you that like you you're not thinking about the kid that she had in the beginning but yeah, this movie it's is full it's of twists messy. and turns. It's messy. It's messy. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we should get into ratings, guys. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. All right, Becca. Uh, what's what is her rating scale? Out of five. Okay. I'm sorry. Like, oh man, this one's like a four point five out of five for me. I <laughs> I dig it. I watch it. I'll watch. The original version, I'll watch the Rift Tracks version. I, it's so stupid. I mean, it is stupid. It is just stupid. But it is adorably stupid. I love it. Nikki? 
Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching this one. And like I said, it was really, really funny. And I hadn't laughed like that in a really long time at a film. I think if I had seen it when I was younger, it probably would have been one of my favorites too. Um, But for that reason, since this was a first time watch and I'm going to have to go with a three out of five. Right on. Heather? Yeah, I'm kind of on the same side there with Nikki. I enjoy this film for what it is. I think it's funny. I like the girls and their and their relationship. I think they're hilarious with the side look that they give each other at the party and the kitchen conversations and the prank gone wrong and even their outfits. Like their outfits to me are just all so unique of what they're all wearing throughout the entire thing. Um, the kills are, it took me, you know, 15 hours to remember one of them. So it tells you that, (laughs) you know, that really didn't stand out for me, but it is a fun movie. And I would say if I was to show someone some kind of like campy, fun, female centric slasher from the eighties, I would probably choose this one as one of them uh, to check out, not too gory, fluffy and easy to, to get through. But that ending, I just find it so ridiculous and just, it totally sets off the movie in a direction for me that, I don't know. I think they could have done a lot more with who the killer was. And so that's why I give it a three out of five. Carly. Yeah, I am kind of in the middle here. Um, I think it is a fun film and it's definitely one that I will continue to rewatch. I've probably seen it uh, five times at this point, maybe. So not not a ton, but uh, I've definitely seen it a few. And uh, I do think it has its flaws and it's a ridiculous film, but I think it's a really fun time. So I would probably give it a three and a half out of five. Right on. Um, Well, this was a first time watch for me. And honestly, it kind of became an instant classic. I think that it has one of the creepiest endings or, you know, with the Jack in the Box costume that he mirrored the Jack in the Box. I think that has some significance. So I'll have to go back and rewatch that. Um, I love the fact that um, he puts all of the dead bodies into the pool that killed his mother. (laughs) Um, I think it's great. Um, The dialogue, the prank is ridiculous. Um, had I watched this when I was a kid, like when I watched Sleepaway Camp, I think I would have felt kind of the same way about it, um, only obviously not for shock value. Um, but I think it's really fun, and it would have been something I absolutely would have showed at a slumber party. So for that, right now, it might go up later, but right now it's a four out of five. Come cool. on. So yeah, that wraps up our feature presentation. What do you ladies have coming up? Nikki. Oh, just continuing to work on my YouTube channel, Foresight Channeler, with uh, giving readings and channeling messages over there. And your YouTube channel is where? Foresight Channeler. Heather, what about you? I, you can find me on the Friday Nightmares podcast with Mr. Smoke Show Scott Crawford. That's on the Legion Network, um, as well as we do a little video game slash tabletop gaming podcast called Controllers Up, Cards oh, Down. Oh, yeah. The All-Star Gaming Podcast. Yeah, it's fun. It's a short little one. We have rotating guests all the time. We have Lacey and Dan on our horizons to be asking them on in the summer. Uh, so anyone who ever wants to come on, come on on. It's, it's open to anyone who's interested, and we do it once a month. 
And uh, I'm on It's Not Horror Okay with uh, Nudie, Android Vision, Venom, and uh, Scotty. And you can check that out on the Dark Discussions Network, same network we're on. Carly? Yeah, uh, so my only other podcast as of now is still good old His and Hers movie podcast with JP. Um, We just released an episode on the new movie Nobody, and we have episode 60 coming out here soon where we're going to talk about Godzilla versus Kong. So, and also a bonus review of Tom and Jerry. So uh, be sure to check that out. That's, of course, on Dark Discussions Network. Um, Other than that, I never really shout this out on podcasts, but uh, I also have a YouTube, and that is just Carly317. Very original of me. But, um, you know, I review horror movies on there and do updates and. And yeah, she unboxes shit. she unboxes haunted dolls. And yes, once a week I buy a new haunted doll and I unbox it for you guys and um, <laughs> prove if it's haunted. So no, but I did unbox a haunted doll uh, and I will say nothing has really happened with said doll yet. But I did order um what do you call that the EMF reader is that the right Ooh. thing? Yeah. So I ordered that on Amazon with a gift card I had because why not? <laughs> so we'll see if anything happens with that, but. Other than that, I think I think that's about it for me. Rebecca? I am the Not Quite Final Girl on YouTube. I am on In the Mic of Madness, which we are now on the Dark Discussions Network. Uh, as far as podcasts go, I am uh, working on a new movie called Tin Roof, as Heather alluded to earlier. So if you go to Facebook and you look for a Tin Roof, uh, join us there, and uh, and there you go. And then otherwise, I work and try to keep all this stuff going. Right on. And I have uh, one more Hitchcock episode coming out on Cut to the Chase, doing Rope. Um, I did just do a guest spot on Cinema Attack where we covered some video game movies, uh, Sonic, Rampage, and Monster Hunter, which is a fucking ridiculous film. But um, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then they're here. We'll be coming back from hiatus um, to where we're going to cover some Giallo, um, I believe. So that'll be fun. Um, I just had a commentary with Kate Pollock on Skip to the Loo of 21 Jump Street. And we will be covering 22 Jump Street on the next one. So um, it's just kind of fun to do some commentary sometimes because obviously... Um, it's a lot easier to edit, but it's fun to watch your favorite movies without having any pressure um, to think about what you're going to say. Um, she, and, she just started a new show, right? Yep. Um, Eternal Darkness of the Not-So-Spotless not so mind. mind. Yes. Mm. And she is fantastic. I fucking love her. Um, and the commentary, I will say, um, it's we do watch the movie and we do talk about it, but it springs up so many other like topics as we're talking. So... Like, I mean, we talk about, like, getting in fistfights in high school and shit like that. Um, and, I mean, just so much fun content um, sprung just from watching that and how we basically dated. We graduated around the same time. Oh, she lives in um, England, so I'm always saying in England. Um, so, yeah, it's really kind of cool of a discussion, and you learn a lot about her in this episode. Definitely check it out. So, yeah, I believe that wraps us up for this slumber party, ladies. Until next time, thank you all for being a part of this. Yay! See you guys next time. Bye! 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 Bye!
best for you both. I know the. Vibe.